0: Thank you.
1: I just woohooed you. Welcome to the Movie Ladder podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week, we're discussing a movie that connects to the movies from the previous week's podcast. I'm Zach Brooks, and as always, for the uh, what, 113th time, asterisk, I'm joined
2: by <laughs> Brandon Fitzpatrick. Woohoo!
1: Woohoo! Yeah, you didn't, you didn't, uh, you didn't heckle me. You just woohooed me. Thank you, Bruce.
2: I did. Yeah, I um, will always just woohoo you, Zach.
1: Nice. And uh, for what? The, is this the fifth episode in a row? Fourth episode in a row? We've got a guest? Fifth episode in a row with a
2: guest and our uh, third listener pick in a row? Yeah. Oh, so uh, we we're nice on the, some kind of streak.
1: We are the, uh, the podcast of the people, aren't we? Um, yes. So, uh, fourth episode in a row. With, with
2: fourth the episode in a
1: row. Yeah. I mean, about right. Time with Taylor Cotter, The Notebook with Sarah work, Brooklyn with Melissa Woodward and Kevin Mahadeo. And tonight, we're talking about The Big
2: Sick with. Latanya Starks.
0: Hey,
2: Hi, LaTanya. everybody. Are We're you so glad to be back? I mean, it's so great to have you back. Uh, we had Kevin on last week, and now Aww. you get to uh, tweet or message Kevin and be like, haha, they have me on this week. So.
3: Yeah, I definitely will message Kevin on Twitter because I no longer have his phone number for some reason. Uh, and he won't find that out because he doesn't listen to any podcast. <laughs> but I'm going to call him out on it anyway. I tried to text him the other day, and his phone number didn't work. Well, this is Kevin's suggestion for a movie as well. Is Uh, it?
1: The
0: rare time when a
3: guest's movie gets picked. on the Yeah. I think my movie got picked the last time I was on here. I think Uh, it did. What were you on for last year? What did we have you on for? That's a great question. Oh, it was the John Waters movie. uh, Serial Mom.
2: Mom. Yes. Serial Mom. That was a good time. I
3: was going to say Freaky, but that was the week before that you came on. Oh,
1: okay. I Uh, I see what those connections were. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, well we're going from the suburbs of Serial Mom this week We were talking about The Big Sick Of course last week we talked about Brooklyn And due to a uh, connection of uh, romance uh, With one of the characters being an immigrant And young in the city uh, We will be talking about this movie The Big Sick And at the end of the episode we'll decide on our next movie Based on suggestions sent in from the listeners And from us your hosts We'll be spoiling The Big Sick So if you haven't seen it yet uh, It is streaming for free on Amazon Prime and I think we'd all recommend you, you watch it. Well, I guess we'll find out if we'd all yeah, recommend if we'd watch it. <laughs> uh, but if you want to skip ahead to hear what we're picking next week, we have a timestamp in the description, so you can just uh, jump to that. But, of course, you should pause this podcast, go watch The Big Sick, come back, listen to this discussion. And, as always, submit your feedback, ratings, questions, comments, at ladder Movie on Twitter, themovieladdergmail.com, and a follow us on Letterboxd, Ladder letter on Letterboxd. Latanya, are you on Letterboxd?
3: I'm not. Which makes no sense. Yeah, you watch mm-hmm. a ton of movies. You should. Be, I yeah. do. I watch all of the movies. I I need to fix that. That's one of the parts of my life that I can easily fix. We well, got a go. weekend that you want to just like get all get everything
1: up to speed. You can get your mm-hmm. lists on there. You can get all of your reviews. Um, you can
3: even import if you have things in the spreadsheet form, which I know some people like to do. I don't. I I feel like I do need to have a spreadsheet of movies because I'm starting to get to the point in my life where I've forgotten. I'll you know if I've seen something mm. I'll if someone mentions it I'll be like oh right I've seen that movie mm-hmm. but unless it's top of mind or we're talking about Oscar movies and there's like a category and 10 specific movies I'll forget you know things that I've seen so I definitely mm. need to start listing things yeah absolutely yeah letterbox is
2: very helpful for that um I I know when I first started my letterbox one of the first things I did was I took a long weekend and basically Went through the entire chronology of my life and listed out and marked as watched all of the movies for each of the years since I was born.
3: Oh my that's God, a, that that's a, good, that's, a good, that's a really good. It
2: took a very long time to
3: do it,
1: but yeah, that seems like it would take forever. Too bad all the long holiday weekends are gone to do those yeah, types right. of activities.
3: <laughs> Where have all the weekends gone? Right, yes.
1: Uh, well, the other thing that we started doing last week, Latonya, for our guests is we said, What is your favorite movie of all time? To introduce yourself oh. to the audience.
0: Okay. And just,
1: what is the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the favorite movie of your favorite movie of all time?
3: It's a tie. Ooh, a Ooh. tie. All right. It's a tie between very different movies. Um, one is The Wizard of Oz. Nice. And the other is The Godfather Part Two.
2: Wonderful. Part two, all right. I was just part listening two, to a podcast
1: on part one uh, this afternoon, actually. Really? And maybe you really want to revisit it because
3: it's been it, a few years. They're, they're long, but it, they're, oh my gosh, they're so beautiful and the storytelling is so rich. And, like, the colors are all, like, these sepia tones that, like, saturate into your, your world. I just, I think it's beautiful. I love The Godfather Part Two. I love Vito going back to Italy mm-hmm. um, and, like, you know, finding his roots and and fixing a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, using that to become who he is. And then with Dorothy, I understand that that movie is uh, supposed to be a commentary on keeping women in the home.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, but I oh, didn't miss that when
3: I was a child. <laughs> yeah, it's oh. it's very much supposed uh, like, you know, a lot of like scholars have come out to say that The Wizard of Oz is uh, anti-feminist because it's a movie that's supposed to be, te- it's telling people there's no place like home Right. Women, stay home mm-hmm. and do your job at home. Yeah, you don't
2: need to go out and seek adventure and excitement. No, stay in the
3: safety you of your home. Yeah. Right, exactly. stay in your home. Like, keep mm-hmm. your dog in your home and stay in your home and do the home. Um, but as a child, I didn't know that. I just mm-hmm. knew that there was a lollipop guild and mm-hmm. uh, the colors were beautiful. And Glenda, the, I either went as Glenda the Good Witch, Dorothy... Or um the Wicked Witch of the West for Halloween for like six years. Amazing. My family was like, "You need to calm down." <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. But yeah, I, uh, those are my two favorite movies. Nice. Awesome. Um,
2: we, we will never ask you to calm down when you come on this podcast. No, no, no. Let it all
3: out.
1: Want you to calm up. Calm up. Yeah. calm up.
2: Calm <laughs>
1: up. Uh, Yeah, no, I think there's going to be a line whenever we do pick The Wizard of Oz. At some point, that'll come up on this podcast. I hope so. I know it's one of Oz's favorite movies. Now we know it's your favorite movie, so we're going to have a long list of people to call and be guests on that episode. That
3: would be exciting. I I love that movie so much. That was one of the first questions they asked me in my um, RHAP interview process. Mm -hmm. Oh, what's your favorite movie? Yeah, what's your favorite movie? And I was like, well, and then... um, yeah, I just think I love that question as, like, a way to get to know someone. Oh, yeah. And I, I'd i never interviewed for a job in the entertainment sector before. So when that was the first question that was asked, I was like, oh, my God, i found my people. <laughs> I, I love to ask that as an icebreaker. I think it, like, gives you
1: such a good, like, like key into people's psychology, too. Like, what yeah. they pick. Like, if they pick, like, a really, you know, somebody says The Godfather to you, like, oh, this is, like, a cinephile. They understand, like, the movie. Somebody's, like... <laughs> Back to the Future, or for me, like Back to the Future Part Two, they're like, yeah. "Oh, okay, like you're like kind of a weird person," or like you know, you pick like some. uh You're an Elliot Alderson, aren't you?
3: Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes. We were just talking about Sam. Brennan and I were just talking about Sam Esmail.
3: Apparently, he's making a. Metropolis. He's got a new show coming yes. out at some point soon, right? He's yeah. got to employ his wife, so he's got to get it together. <laughs> his wife, Emmy um, Rossum. Uh,
1: oh, didn't realize that. Yeah,
2: the man, the man just can't say no to robots. He's, what it is. No, <sighs> well, and I think he has something coming <laughs> should... out
3: before this Metropolis show as well. He has something coming out this year, I believe. Oh no, nice. I think there is. I just I don't remember what the name of the project is, but there's some type of Sam Esmo project coming out. Uh,
1: we've gotten completely off the off the track already, but that's okay. good. No, that's that's good stuff. Um, I uh, well, we can just transition right into like best thing you watched this uh, this week, Latanya. It's like what's the best what's the best thing movie, TV show, book that you've seen this week.
3: I. Uh, finally, because it came to HBO Max, saw the French Dispatch. Oh, me too. Really? But I I loved got it from the library, and then the, the next day it was on HBO Max. I was like, oh, I guess I didn't have to. Check. Oh wow, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's weird timing. No, I um, when I didn't, I normally check what movie they're gonna drop on Saturdays, and I didn't mm-hmm. check this week, so I was pleasantly surprised to open up the HBO Max app, one of the worst apps. That there is out there people if you have mm. roku you know what i'm talking about yep. i don't think it's uh, that bad i don't know it's terrible they can't handle traffic they just can't yeah. do it um oh, but true. it does crash a lot I, yeah i, I did they, hear that it crashed yeah. during the euphoria finale it did yeah for like 10 minutes mm. um yeah so uh i saw that it was on hbo max and I'd been anxious to see it because I love Wes Anderson movies. Like, I, you know, even I started watching his movies when I was in college with Bottle Rocket. Um, mm. And so I thought that this movie was the best that he's done in years, honestly. Um, I loved the way that the storytelling was so intricate. I was watching this uh, movie review video um, and it uh, they put the scenes to a metronome and they line up with like certain beats it's all very oh, musical yeah um i the opening scene alone like you know you get to learn so much about these people from their choices mm-hmm. of drink and they, and they're just kind of like spinning this uh plate like serving plate around to like load up for all of the people who work at this newspaper um oh. it's just like a a really cool world to inhabit and to be in like the middle of of france and have all of these really unique stories, and some of them uh, partially in French as well. Was just like I thought it was beautiful. I really liked that movie. Yeah.
2: yeah, I agree. I um I got to see it in the theater when it came out. Um, I really really loved it. Um, there were a couple of the stories that didn't hit for me as well mm-hmm. as others. Um, you know, it's basically what segmented. was your favorite? Um, probably the Benicio del Toro segment. Yeah, was my was, favorite. I thought he was
3: artists, yeah. But. Yeah, that that one and the, um, the like kidnapping one. Yeah, with uh with what is his name? Uh, from Westworld. Oh, Oh, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright. I love Jeffrey Wright so Mm. much, and he's got the best voice. Mm. And so he just is telling a story, and it's so cool. I just love the way it's set up as an interview uh Leah schreiber i just i i like all the people in this movie too which helps yeah um <laughs> there's not a person who's proven to be bad yet in that movie um so even yeah. like some of the even some of the supporting parts are like the very
2: very minor parts are filled by like really cool people like freaking bob Balaban hey. shows up i know <laughs> three minute cameo <laughs> as like um, uh, you know, uh, as an art, art as an art dealer, and it's like, wait, is that Bob Balvin? Yes, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah, and like Elizabeth Moss is just yeah, like I know. in it, but she', has, she I don't even I mean, have two lines, she has, like three lines way. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, incredible.
3: She, yeah. We just know she's good at grammar, and mm-hmm. and like that's fine. That's all you know. Give me all of these quirky characters. Give me Timothy Chalamet hooking up with uh, Francis Dorman. 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 Yeah, like, uh, that's I mean, amazing. That first story,
1: we had uh, a Bond girl from most recent James Bond movies. Right. And that, that, well, I guess we have Benicio del Toro. Never mind. But I was thinking that we we had another Bond character. Well, Benicio del Toro was in. Was he in Bond? Yeah, he was in one of the uh, Timothy Dalton movies. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, he was like a very young Benicio Del Toro. Oh wow, I didn't once. know that. Like a henchman in one of those movies. I don't remember which one it was. I'm really bad. I don't think I've ever seen a Bond movie. Oh well, there's 25 of them, in th-
3: and the there's floor, so the waiting. floor of
1: Bond is pretty decent. It's like, daunting. It's it there's so many movies. Well, at least it's at least it's there's like a very clear order to watch them in. Unlike mm-hmm. if it was like, hey, I'm going to watch like the MCU movies. It's like, well, where do you even start? Where do these yeah. TV shows you do fall it in like, there? Uh, chronologically, or yeah. With the Netflix shows, which are now not the Netflix shows. Yeah, which are now moving to Disney Plus. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh yeah, Sir Sharon and also in the French dispatch just did yes. back, back to just last Just. i Yeah. I didn't even notice her until I was looking at the castle <laughs> shows now. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like The French Dispatch. I feel like I need to watch it, like, 15 times because there's just, yes. like, I just the whole time I was looking at one thing and then there's, like, six other things going on and I'm like, wait, I missed all of that and I'm trying to follow this story yeah. and all of the different framing devices. Yeah, and,
3: like the and there's with subtitles women's. within the, yeah. Yes. And like, it's one of those, I'll just say, you need to be, like, get relaxed,
0: mm. <laughs> get
3: yourself a drink or yep. other thing mm-hmm. and and, you know, sit back and enjoy... Just let it wash over you. There's mm. so much to look at, and even the scene. closing
1: credits. I was watching the closing credits, trying to see who I was in the movie, and there's like six other things going on during the credits. And that was when <laughs> I was like, "How do I even like say what I like? Like, I know I
3: like this movie, but I can't yeah. even tell
1: you much about it because it was just so much." There,
3: yeah, a lot of things happened. It, yeah. I I actually um because of this and like rewatching a little bit of Euphoria before the finale, mm-hmm. I had to stop for, cause I got really sick for some reason over the weekend, uh, big sick. Yeah. Uh, this was just a little sick though. <laughs> um And I, things were like happening. I don't know if you all watch Severance. Yep. But th- parts of my life were starting to bleed into other parts of my life. Like I was that level of sick. So I was like, I need to stop watching things with so many moving parts. <laughs> like I need to stop watching things that are flashing in my face and transitioning weirdly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the French Dispatch is not the movie that you want to watch if you're <laughs> essentially seasick, which is because occasionally kind of it's rough.
1: like, oh, it's in yeah. black
3: and white, and now it's back
1: to color. And yeah, now it's in black yeah. and white again. Like, I
2: mean, it also starts with Owen Wilson in constant motion
3: until he's, <laughs> not, in, well, until he's, he's not, not in. motion Well, he's not in motion. Yeah. Everybody else is. In yeah, motion. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, it's yeah. I I just it's really think it's well done. Like I I just wonder how the mind like how I want to know how Wes Anderson's mind works. I really do. I just want to have a conversation with him and just like pick his brain because I could never in a million years dream up all of that and execute it to just like meticulous fashion. I just, he's just great. I love him so much.
1: I had the exact same thought when I watched it. I was like, how does somebody create this? Yeah. How did somebody come up with this? And then the design and the way it's symmetrical and like the the metronome thing you talked about, the transitions, it's just like, where.
2: Who did this? Who, who yeah. came up with this? <laughs> Whose so, mind? Whose mind so has this? mind? Yeah. Um, all right. How about you, Brendan? Uh, so it's hard to pick uh, a best thing I watched this week. There were a few different films I checked out, but I will narrow it down to uh, my criterion pick for this week was the debut film from Danny Boyle uh, from t- from 1994 called Shallow Grave, mm. starring uh, Ewan McGregor and a very different-looking, younger-looking Christopher Eccleston. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So he and a third actress, uh, Carrie Fox, play, or a third actor, Carrie Fox, play roommates who are auditioning um, to find a fourth roommate for their flat in London. Oh, we've done and, that before. And yeah, we, we absolutely have. And they... Um, Basically, it's a crime thriller where things start to go terribly wrong after they agree on one of the prospective roommates. Um, It's a really fun, low-stakes movie. It's only about 90 minutes, um, and it moves really fast. It's really well-paced. Ewan McGregor and Christopher Eccleston are both fantastic actors, so as you can imagine, they give very, very good performances um, in this, especially when they start to butt heads. You're just watching these two really great actors make, like, angry faces at each other <laughs> for an hour. and it's I wonderful. love that. Yeah, and it's wonderful. So there's a lot of tension. Um, it's a really cool crime thriller that I don't think a lot of people have heard of. Um, it's on—where uh, did I watch it? Did I watch it on Criterion? I think I watched it on Criterion. Um, but, yeah, I uh, really, really encourage people to check it out. Uh, it's Danny Boyle's— uh, first major film um, what year is that from 1994 so it was my 90s yeah. criterion and no actually i rented this on amazon prime
3: I ah. his so first great. major film that's yeah. amazing that his first major film um stars and mcgregor yeah that's a that's a big get well in mean,
2: 1994 also i mean he does trade spotting with him two years later yeah i, was gonna say, I know spotting was right around that time yeah right so they one. must have been college yeah, friends, friends or something, or something.
1: Yeah. well it's like wes anderson think. and Owen wilson right they yeah. they work together yeah all the wilson's and then, yeah and then still work together
2: yeah
1: so, texas uh, forever yeah.
2: there you go <laughs> <little thing>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i right. uh, definitely recommend people check it out yeah nice
1: um so for me i have a couple choices to pick um i will go with the less disturbing one although if you want to know the disturbing <laughs> movie i watch you can check my letterbox watch list and you'll era. uh Diary, and you'll see what I watched recently. That's disturbing. Uh, I'm gonna say the player. That was my criterion pick. It's been on my it's been on my watch list for a long time. Uh it's a Robert Altman movie, uh, starring Tim Robbins, and it's basically like a a very meta commentary on like the Hollywood studio system. Um Mm -hmm. and he plays this studio producer, and it kind of goes in some different ways than you would expect. Uh, but right from the opening, like the opening credits crawl of this movie, I was like, oh. This is I'm totally into this movie because it's Mm -hmm. just this like really long tracking shot of of the Hollywood studio lot and you're seeing like him actually going back to the Godfather. um, You're seeing his character. uh, What is this? Griffin. That's right, Griffin Mill. You're seeing Griffin. Sitting in his office, getting pitches from mm-hmm. different uh, directors and writers for movies that they want to create, and you're seeing it from outside of the window, like through the through the blinds, and it, it very much is like people bringing like their problems to the Godfather and, and asking him for help. Um, and you know, you're just seeing like all the craziness that's going on on this studio a lot. Uh, movies came out in the '90s, but I mean, definitely you could just place it into the present day,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and it's got lots. It's got a. Great cast, uh, some who show up as as cameos and some who show up playing different characters. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg uh, has a big role in this, playing a cop. Um, When I saw she was in the cast, I assumed she was playing herself. She's not playing herself.
2: That's hilarious. I believe at the time it had, pound for pound, the most star cameos of any movie that had been made to that point. Mm -hmm. Like, pretty much everybody who's anybody at least has a, like, glimpse, like a walkthrough cameo in this movie.
1: And there were tons of people who okay. were listed in the credits that I was like, oh, I had no idea that that person was in here. Or, right. You know, like, there, there's definitely some who show up and you see them, but, um, you know, like, just a, just a log line of, of people that, that mm-hmm. I was not expecting to see. Um, there's a really funny joke about Andy McDowell and Malcolm McDowell uh, being related, <laughs> which they are not. Um, <laughs> And in, like, true Robert Altman fashion, it's, like, there's lots of people just talking over each other and, like, mm. like just tons of dialogue and, and very wordy, so. Um, it's on HBO Max as well, so after you watch oh, nice. the
3: dispatch, you can watch the if player. Liked
1: it. Yeah, so, um, yeah that, that was a fun one. You've never seen that, LaTanya, I'm assuming?
3: No, I haven't, but I've, I've heard about the player, like, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um from other people on podcasts, it comes up on uh, You Must Remember This a few times, just mm-hmm. in discussions of Robert Altman. So uh, it's definitely one that I want to see. I'm yeah. glad that it's on HBO Max.
1: I don't feel like I've seen a Robert Altman movie that's really missed for me. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I still have a lot that I haven't seen. Some of his movies are a little bit hard to yeah, find. Yeah, he's got a, a big career. Yeah. And we've already done two of his movies. Uh, we did The Long Goodbye and MASH on this podcast already. Oh, so. okay. Um, all right. Well, uh, speaking of this podcast, why don't we get into the big six? So that is from, uh, surprisingly, 2017.
3: I thought it was yep. earlier than that. but
2: I um, thought it was later. I kept looking yeah. at my 2019 list going, where's Me the big yeah.
3: oh, really? 2019, I thought it was a yeah. 2019 movie. Yeah. yeah,
1: I guess it makes sense because I remember, Brendan, I think you and I went to this uh, in the theaters, and it was right mm-hmm. before I moved out of D.C. So yeah. it must have come out in like May sense. of
2: 2017. Mm-hmm.
1: That
0: makes
2: sense. Yeah. My uh, birthday movie.
1: So we're watching the true life story of Kamel Nanjiani and uh, his wife, Emily Gordon, although in this movie she's Emily Gardner. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing their relationship grow. Uh, Kamel is a Pakistani immigrant and Emily is a uh, Ph.D. student uh, studying to be a therapist. Um, Kamel is also a comedian um, and an Uber driver doing a whole many other things. Uh, And the movie hinges on on their relationship growing and then uh, her getting sick and him being there. Uh, with her family while she's in a coma and then we just kind of see see the story of how they how they came together ultimately or didn't mm-hmm. come together ultimately so
0: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah this was uh obviously a rewatch for me a rewatch for brendan latani this a rewatch for you as well yeah it was a rewatch for me nice um and uh, how, how would you say this held up uh
3: this watch for you um i i thought it was still good i mean you know i i think i liked it a lot more the first time i saw it mm-hmm. um because, you know, a lot of the jokes are so situational uh, mm-hmm. that when you, once you hear them for, like, I know after the, after the first time I watched this movie for a while, my sister and I quoted it to
2: mm-hmm. each other.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, the Did you look under the train um, <laughs> <laughs> of it all? Like, there's just, there's a lot of comedy aspects in the movie that are, you know, once you hear them, you kind of, you know, you can't hear them again and get the mm-hmm. same, like, pound for pound laugh, I guess. Right. But I thought that the the story of how they came together ultimately, and you know, just portraying someone who's dealing with an illness that it you know completely takes over and destabilizes their life, that's you know not necessarily something that you see in a especially in a romantic comedy, Mm -hmm. which this essentially is. So. Um, and then the, there's also the world of, like, the comedians that are, that are brought in. Like, yep. comedy is really huge in Chicago. Um, everybody kind of comes here to do the Second City route. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a couple other theaters as well that people do. Um, and uh, it, it's, you know, you start off here in Chicago, and then you kind of, like, get to New York, and then you get SNL. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the career path for a comedian. Well, and I mean this movie
1: has in one of the co starring roles is AD Bryant, who is Alison mm-hmm. now. So
3: yeah, I feel like exactly. that is
1: like intentional that where they go is they go from Chicago to New York to go yeah. comedy. She's not yeah. playing herself in this movie, but you can yeah. imagine that she becomes A Bryant.
3: So. Yeah. And I always I always forget that Bo Burnham is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um he is like, he is one of those people that I'm just like, damn it, he's funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, like, I, I don't want to like his comedy. And I don't know exactly why that is. I think it's probably because he has too much success and he's too mm-hmm. young. And right. I'm a nerd. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. he's like, and he's like nerd. He's like such a nerd, too,
1: right? So he's, yes, he's like a nerdy content creator, like all of us. Yeah, exactly. Like, I and mean, he's... So He's good doing inside, it. yeah. Did you see? Did you see his special on Netflix?
3: Yeah. I definitely did, and I was just like, "What? This is what you spent your pandemic doing? Like, <laughs> what was I doing during the pandemic?" Yeah, exactly. I, and <laughs> I, I think he even has a. I think he even
1: has a song about that exact concept. I feel like right. there's like something yeah, in sure that comedy special about that. So.
3: Um, um, um. It. Yeah. It just. I. You know, I was laughing you know loudly at his jokes in this movie Mm -hmm. and i was just like damn it he's just funny like there's nothing i can do about it um but yeah definitely um held up i think Mm -hmm. it held up on
1: a rewatch yeah um i will say you know when i saw this movie the first time this was top of my list for the year when this came Mm -hmm. out um it might not have been number one but it's very it's in my top three i think from that year and i i still really really like it it doesn't hit the same um for me mm-hmm. on a rewatch because you're right like the jokes like some of the surprises gone especially yeah. for me i didn't know camille and emily's story going in so it was all i had no idea where this movie was even going
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and the first time i watched it and even this time it's a real emotional roller coaster those mm-hmm. those high highs like when their relationship is going well it's awesome and i just i like you could feel even though it's not a camille and his his real life wife you can feel that chemistry between the two yeah movies. And you just want to hang out with them, and you're like, this is like the cool couple that I would want to go to dinner with. Exactly. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, like okay. Zoe Kazan is there. Yeah. You know, she she that actress is. I have a soft spot for her. She's a nepotism baby. Um, you know, her grandfather was Elia Kazan. She's like famous, famous, mm-hmm. famous name, but really like went to school to study acting. Um, so I like respect that. Um. I, I've seen her in a, a few other movies recently. Um, and, you know, of course she was in that HBO series, um, with the alternate history series, oh, where Charles Limmer, Thank you. Against America, yeah. Against oh, she's in Cloud Against America, okay. mm-hmm. um, So I just, I really like her and I, I you know, i felt for this character and kind mm-hmm. of like was with her the whole way. And thought of it, it's obviously like Camille's journey to get you know um, through this like portion of like a very stressful portion of the lifetime where someone that you love is sick, and like it makes you realize how precious life is, and how much you want to tell them all of the things that you wish you had said, and you know shout out to the world like proclaim that you, you know you're in love with this person, um, and you kind of regret not having done that. Uh, before they got sick Um, so I don't know I think that this is it's really interesting and and well done the way that they portray the illness and we can talk about that a little bit more later
1: yeah well and what you said too about like uh, appreciating that time that you have with somebody you love uh, you know not to jump to our connections already but just to to tie that to about time I mean that's yeah. that's like the whole that's like the whole yeah. message of about time is as that appreciating time so um, it ties really nicely it's such into a that. a good movie. I love yeah, about I
2: think time. I think what really struck out to me um, this time was how much I loved the way this movie both plays on the rom com tropes in the first forty five minutes or so of the mm-hmm. movie with their meet cute and their first date and the first time they decide to or not have sex and their first mm-hmm. several and then you know him trying to show her his favorite vincent price movie which yes. is
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know i don't know this movie but it's called like abominable dr Phoebus.
3: Uh, it'll. I'm sure it'll come off. Something like days. that. Yeah. yeah that it was doesn't... one of the many Vincent Price B movies that were made to prop up the studio um, back during those. Well, days. and what's
1: really interesting about that? So I looked that
3: up. I'm sure that'll the be on ob- somebody's... The
2: oblong box is the one that I found from 1969 that would have been this
1: movie. <laughs> I'm pretty so, sure that the um, you're watching is Abominable Doctor yeah. Phoebus, which came out in 1971. Because oh, he okay. says that it was 1969 was when the studio was failing, but then this, would, you know, they made this. I think. Okay. But what's really interesting about this movie, if this is the one, is the description of this movie says, in a desperate attempt to save his ill wife, dot, 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 and then it's like the rest oh. of whatever the plot is. So it's really interesting, interesting if that's who
3: they picked because it's about a guy who has a sick wife. Yeah, got it. That's um, interesting. That's... Do you all do the movie test? What no. is the movie test? The movie compatibility test. Oh, oh like what movie yes. would
2: you, yeah. I haven't done that, but I would probably say that the movie I would do that with is uh, Star Wars. And that's right. so stereotypically nerdy of me to say. <laughs>
1: I feel like but, you can't okay. pick Star Wars because everybody's seen Star Wars. So no, it's
2: like that's, not is not not, that's, that's not true. And like that's not true people. at all. It's not true at all.
3: It's, I it's hadn't true. seen most Star Wars until very recently. Yeah, until and I do II, a podcast definitely. about Star Wars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're you're all in. Like, well, I'm gonna do well, more Star Warsing later. What would be your movie test? Your movie compatibility test? There's there's so many. Um. That's a. I didn't even think about the answer to that question. Yeah, I it's hard. Mean, it's hard what,
2: am, what am I gonna do? Show them Goodfellas, which is one of my other all-time favorite movies. I, don't I think love that's Goodfellas.
3: A, I, I mean, I love Goodfellas, Goodfellas, but I don't know if that's one that. Well, I would be. I'd pick a violent movie. I'd be like, let's watch The Departed and see. Oh yes. These, well, who yeah, you who is your allegiance to? Come on. If you you tell me how much you
2: love Matt Damon, this isn't going to work out. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs)
3: This is a Leonardo DiCaprio household. Um, No, I just, I really think that that's very funny. Just like the idea Mm -hmm. of showing a movie to someone and like watching them watch it Mm -hmm. is, is very sweet yeah um, i did
1: i did actually laugh out loud watching like when he's watching her again i had seen this movie before but when when he's just watching her and watch he's like shh no no no, watch yeah. the movie yeah. I was like, like it that that i thought was very funny yeah. um
2: the other it, major relatable part that i that really made me laugh was like her not wanting to take a dump in front of him
3: yeah yeah the first
2: time at his apartment yeah i was
3: like oh my god i get I, that i so would have i but... would have gone to a diner yeah. in a second like i can't i yeah. i can't do it it's really difficult yeah. Or you like? I started carrying around things in my purse just to. <laughs> it's a good reminder to put
1: some matches and uh, air freshener in your bathroom, even Absolutely. if you live alone, just in Absolutely. case you have just in case. Especially yeah. if you live alone. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, no, I. Uh, yeah, no, I think there were a lot of things in this movie actually that I noticed this time that were. Mm-hmm. You could tell that they were things that were not written for the movie and they were actually like right experiences that, that actually, actually experiences. happened yeah. i do feel like that was one of them and then i also feel like being in the bereavement room there yes. was just so much detail in that room that they were in with like the waterfall and the relaxation mm-hmm. thing like, yes and that the nurse comes in and, and it's one of those things where if you're the patient or you're a family member of the patient to have the nurse come in and just say something reassuring like don't be worried that you're in the bereavement room like we're yes. not like You want to hear that so badly in that moment. And so I really, really, it was just a very small piece, but that stuff I felt like was pulled from reality. I was like, these are things that actually happened.
2: That was one of the most, the things that I sort of tried to pick up on because um, to try to pick up on for myself was like, what are the beats and moments that I know for sure were pulled directly from their story for this? Because I've listened, I I think Latanya has too, to a lot of their podcast interviews that they did on other podcasts with, during the promotion of this movie where they um, basically told their their story and said, you know, mm-hmm. this is our story and we're really proud of it and this is, like, all of these things that happened, like, this, this, this are true. Yeah. And so there were a lot of little moments like that or, like, specifically when Camille mentions her twisting her ankle the week yeah. before and the yeah. way that that happens, and it's such a small, if like you're not looking for it, you'll yeah. miss it. Thing that comes mm-hmm. back later to mean what it means, like it was that, very that
3: ominous. When it it that means being able romantic, to, you know, like find, uh, like not yeah, realistic. noticing that and like telling that to someone. Mm-hmm. It very much felt like being able to help mm-hmm. find a way to to fix the problem, mm-hmm. just from noticing, you know, small things about someone. Mm-hmm. Um, Made a role in in her re- it, like the yeah, her recovery. told them that it was a clue yes. into what she had going on exactly. Um, and, and you know, you only get those types of details if you're paying attention. The bereavement room scene really hit me. I'm I'll, for those of you all who don't know, I've spent a lot of time in hospitals, both as a mostly as a patient, but also uh, my aunt passed away um, almost four years ago now. Excuse me from cancer. And we were like in that room, like Mm -hmm. they, you know, my, you know, we got the call that she was going to go today. And so we all got up and got dressed and, and like, you know, rushed to the hospital and the hospital that she was in, uh, is in a a little suburb, a Southern suburb of Chicago. And the cops there are the worst like they have speed traps everywhere and we got stopped by a cop on oh, way to the hospital on the way to the hospital and my gra- i had my grandmother with me and she was just you know this is her first child mm-hmm. she you know was she's never been the same after that you know mm-hmm. something snapped in her she now has dementia and mm-hmm. doesn't really remember that my aunt is gone mm-hmm. um something so- like she was upset and she was yelling at the police officer, like, "Give us an escort! We're going. My daughter is dying." So we we get to the hospital finally, and they, you know, my sister sees her. Um, my sister is really my cousin, but we grew up together and only four years apart. So I call her my sister. So she, you know, my, she's my aunt's child. Mm-hmm. She freaked out. Like her boyfriend had to take her out of the hospital because she like almost she collapsed and. Oh my God. And they took us into the bereavement room to like sign papers and do stuff. And I just went to talk to my aunt and like played her Aretha Franklin because Aretha Franklin was her favorite ever and just, you know, spent the time with her that I could. And it's there's something that's that's so I don't even know how to describe it. Like the finality of it all mm-hmm. really is just devastating and you're just trying to be a person during that time. You're just trying to go through the motions and like, you know, be nice to people and try not to snap at anyone. And, and I am the organizer in my family. So I'm the one who like, you know, had to do the, all the arrangements she didn't want to service. Like it, it, there's just so much going on and there's just something signaled by that bereavement room that like just really hit me and like took me back to all those memories that I hadn't thought of in a really long time. And the reason I talk about it is because my aunt is the reason that I love movies. Mm. She's the one who, you know, started showing me movies when I was like two years old and took me to the movie theater every Saturday afternoon um, for years when I was growing up um, to watch all kinds of horror movies. Um, Vincent sometimes Price. great movies. Vincent Price movies. She loved Vincent Price. Oh, yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, she's, she's the reason that I'm like the cinephile that I am now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, when this, when that scene happened, I I was just like, oh God, (laughs) like I've forgotten all of this stuff, but that room really does take you back there
1: and there's a lot of detail too just like the way that they you know when they go to that scene there there's a lot of close ups on the walls and the different mm-hmm. props in that room and, and all of that
3: just, stuff is there there's like the box of tissue there's the kitten for some reason there's right. like felt- everything is hope sign or something like that yeah, it felt so, like I said, like so pulled out
1: of reality. And it actually reminded me of a book that I read. So uh, I used to be a big listener of the Adam Carolla podcast. I'm not anymore. But oh, his, Adam
3: Carolla, that, that's a blast of the past.
1: Yeah, mm. I used to, right around the time of this movie, it was about the time I stopped listening to the podcast, I think. Uh, but his radio producer suffered from a brain tumor for a long time and has recovered wow. from it. But his wife kept a really, really detailed diary of everything that happened while he was sick. And he wrote a book called Shrinkage, Um, that I read a few years ago Mm -hmm. and it's so detailed in terms of the stories of like when they started feeling like you know they started noticing something was off with him and when he started having these symptoms and then trying to figure out what it was and all the different treatment plans and things like that and it's just um, it's amazing to me both that book and this movie that people could have such vivid recollections of such a traumatic time and be able to turn that into a book or a movie or, or something creative Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking yeah. a lot
2: about, during. I guess sometimes that could be like a release, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. a way, a way to like cope with it and get past it, and sort of like celebrate what they went through as well. Like, yeah, who I want to, yeah, well, yeah right. as a
3: happy ending. I definitely write. So I, I suffer myself from chronic illness. I have a um, lupus antiphospholipid syndrome, which is a clotting illness. Uh, mm. So I have blood clots in my lungs it's a type of illness that can produce dvts which is deep vein thrombosis. They're the type of blood clots that travel to your heart or lungs. They often start in the legs. Um so I take this special like $13,000 medication. Um because I go to the number one hospital <laughs> in Northwest <Chicago. laughs> Yes, I do. Oh, look, nice. like 7 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Um And uh, yeah, they, they have a team specifically that treats what I have. (laughs) Um, And it's, it's really cool to like get to have those same doctors. Whenever I'm in the hospital, it's always someone from that team who comes to see me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, I I was recently in the hospital for almost a month. And during that time, you know, I, and this is something that I want to write about, it's movies that got me through, like I had to get a a procedure. So when you have blood clots in your lungs and you have, it causes heart failure. So I'm technically in heart failure right now. They do a procedure called a right heart cath, where they cut a place in your neck where there's a vein and they like, uh, take a catheter, like a long catheter Mm -hmm. and kind of like weave it through your vein into your heart mm-hmm. and they used to do this procedure with some type of medication they stopped doing it because they think that the medication clouds the results oh. so I I was just the last time I was in the hospital I had to get it and I was just openly having a panic attack because they give you numbing medication but you can feel it you mm-hmm. can feel everything and it's a weird feeling uh, yeah and, I can't imagine yeah and I I never imagined it either unless it could be only because it happened to me Mm-hmm. And it was the doctor, you know, knows that I podcast and he was just like, let's talk about Star Wars. And I was like, what? And he just kind of tried to zap me out of it. So just like, to get your mind time, somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. He just talked about Star Wars. And um, and yeah, so like I take experiences like that and put them down. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I take pictures of ridiculous things in the hospital. So I'll take pictures of like my food uh because i think hospital food is really funny um the way that it's packaged the way that like they do the trays i just really think it's interesting i'll take Mm -hmm. pictures like thank god for the most time uh we're in these like ridiculously nice rooms at northwestern where you can see the lake because the campus is on the lakefront Yeah, and so I've, i've taken a lot of pictures of the lake um just you do whatever that you can to kind of cope with the monotony of being in a hospital. In this case, Emily is in a coma. Mm-hmm. I've never ever been in an in induced coma, but I've come very close um being and I was in the ICU.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I vividly remember everything that happened. Oh, well. Be, being in the ICU is one of the most powerless experiences you will ever have as a human being. Mm-hmm. Your life is completely in other people's hands. You can't even go to the bathroom by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to think about what my loved ones are feeling and not just myself when I'm in there um, and to just kind of, you know, see long term illness and the effect that it has on the people around you portrayed on screen is something that I think is powerful and and sticks with me.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I I will say the, you know, the movies that got
1: me through is a great title for a book if you're ever going to write one. Good
2: point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I
3: I might steal that title from you.
1: Yeah. Well, you're the one who said it. You Oh I did? Yeah, when you were
3: describing well, it, you said it. that. Yeah. So I'm write that down. Yeah. I say sometimes I say good stuff. I need right. more people to call me out when I do it. It's a good Thanks. thing you're recorded a lot. It
2: like, sounds like a great <laughs> idea for a podcast
3: series, to be honest. Um yeah. yeah but you'd make more money off a of book, probably. But you
2: would definitely make more money off a of book. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why
3: I shouldn't do yeah. both. This is one of those porky those dose things. There you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I what I really like is that the movie doesn't shy away from any of it. Like the bereavement, the harsh conversations that Camille and uh, Emily's parents have to have yeah, Terry and Beth. like yeah. they're yeah, Terry and Beth, who God Holly Hunter and Ray Romano are.
1: <laughs> who would just, think they're like the, <laughs> It's like the weirdest. I know people it's so, to the weirdest. weirdest parents. parents in the
3: world. Yeah, they're yeah. from yeah. North Carolina. They, her her accent, like she has to be. Oh, it's her wonderful. accent is so yeah. strong that there's yeah. not. You have to say this woman is from the south. Absolutely. absolutely. It's it's
2: wonderful. And I really like that the movie doesn't shy away from the hard conversations like Mm -hmm. that they all have to have with each other during this time. And like they're all going through it in a different way and coping with it as best they can. And you know, they, they, they have several blow-ups. Like, it's not all, like, crying on each other's shoulders. No, and, I mean, because you have the yeah, parents are like,
1: having their own problems
2: that Emily exactly. doesn't know about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and I think um, that's... Yeah, I really love that about this. Like, there's there's layers upon layers of the relationships in this movie. Well, and
1: it gets into a couple themes, too, and, like, mm-hmm. one is, like, problematic marriages. I mean, mm-hmm. we have we have yeah, her parents' marriage, but then we have Emily's first marriage, First too.
3: marriage, yeah. yeah.
1: That was a scene that I totally forgot about where she talks Me about the day that she was out to dinner with her husband and she just, one day it just clicked. She saw a couple making out in the restaurant. She's like, that's never going to be us. And that's not okay. And you know, the idea of those, like, that's another idea from this movie. That's so powerful for me is like when sometimes that idea comes and it's like, Mm. it's like the movie doubt. Um, if you've ever seen that, where it's like that, that shadow of a doubt that creeps in and it's like, it's, it's game over. Like, this is it. Like the the doubt is there and I can't get rid of it. Um, And that she has that, and then that we see her parents are also having problems, but they they are working through it.
3: They're trying. But, yeah, yeah they're definitely um, – it's, it's funny because it's really important that those themes are there, but they're also highlighting some of the most ridiculous things that they think yeah. can happen in a hospital, which yes. is, like, if you're in a hospital in Chicago, there is a cop at the front door. Mm -hmm. well they do reference the security desk but yeah Yeah, it's not just the security desk so you walk in and there's the security desk and then you go they like you know tell you to go over to um like the registration area and tell them what your issue is but if you start arguing or your like voice is raised Mm -hmm. someone shuts Mm -hmm. it down immediately because we live in chicago and crimes happen all of the time Mm -hmm. um So people uh, like immediately think that any escalation is going to end in like a murder. Mm -hmm. So they stop that stuff. Like there's no way that the parents arguing about whether or not to move Emily, for example, would have happened in the hospital. But I have been a part of
1: conversations like that before where, whether it's in a hospital or like just in like with somebody who needs medical attention where Mm -hmm. I've had family members that are like, we are not getting, we are not getting the the level of care here that we deserve. We need to go somewhere else. And yeah, and that's the best we need to move Mm -hmm. her. And the whole staff, the hospital is like, you cannot move her because like it is dangerous to move her to another hospital. I know you think you'd get better care there, right? but it's the risk is too great. But all that Beth can see is like, no, I need, we need to get the best. She needs to have the Cadillac of care. Mm -hmm. Um, and that part felt so real as well as it, the part yeah. where the parents are Googling, because I've had things where, you know, for myself, I've Googled where I had like an eye thing back in, um, like back in like 2010, where I had this, this eye infection that we could not figure out what it was. And I started Googling and completely freaked herself out until like, yeah. oh, I have all these like, diseases. and it turned out it was just like a, a viral infection thing, but. The idea is like my number one tip for somebody is if you have health stuff going on, Maybe this is not the best. The <laughs> time tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I say if you have, if you have health
3: stuff going, on, like do not Google it because yeah, you're never going to yeah. find anything yeah. good on
1: the internet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah every everything on.
3: that you Google is cancer. Like that's and really wrong. Real. Heart attack. Yeah, cancer or heart attack. Like I, I Googled, used to Google. And I stopped because I was like, I might induce what they're saying could yeah. happen. Like, give yourself urgent care, people. Go to urgent care. It really does work. There are some great like, COVID has really changed our medical infrastructure. And I think in some places for the better, um, you know, COVID has really changed how urgent care works. And, you know, I've gone to urgent care in the past. Um, like pre-COVID, going post-COVID is like a completely different experience. It's like actually having a doctor's appointment, which, you know, it didn't feel like that before. You can get all kinds of tests done there now. Hmm. Um, you can get X-rays done. It, you know, it's like a mobile. It, it's almost like a mobile hospital unit. It's just like in static and in place. Yeah. But yeah, um, that those conversations are really real. Like I've had the conversation before when I had COVID, I went to the closest, kind of closest hospital where I knew that people wouldn't treat me like crap because Mm -hmm. it can be really difficult in a hospital to get care, especially if you're a black person. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just, there's literally, that used to be in the medical textbooks that like black people had thicker skin than say white people, for example. Black people don't experience pain in the same way Mm-hmm. um than other people do and so that kind of like pathology is still very prevalent in the medical system and you have to advocate for yourself when you're in the hospital and it, and it can get really contentious sometimes mm-hmm. so when i had covid i went to this hospital and um they weren't doing anything like mm-hmm. i didn't have iv fluids they didn't give me tylenol like i had 103 degree fever I was coughing up, like, uh, they they didn't do anything. And I was like, I want to be transferred to Northwestern. My uh, mom's doctor, it was first my mom's doctor, she's now also my doctor, um, you know, tried to make it happen. But they were like, we can't move you. It's too dangerous to move Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And there's a global pandemic. And I was like, son of a... You know, (laughs) like... So, But, like, that made them actually start doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, they actually... the level of care that I got increased exponentially after I, you know, said I was going to leave. Um, so sometimes you really do have to kind of like light a fire under doctors. Well, especially if the hospital is completely understaffed and there's a
1: exactly. ton of, I mean, right now, so. Yeah. Yeah, and this, I think this definitely I, like height of COVID. Yeah. I think, and, and Brennan, I want to I want get your take on some of this, too, because I know it's, it's been uh, yeah. me and Latanya talking a lot. But, like, one thing I also – that, like, gave me chills watching this, this. is, like, my first thing I was going to say on this podcast was when they say they're going to have to put her in a coma because they have to put on a respirator. Mm-hmm. The word respirator since 2020 is exactly. completely different in my mind yes. than it was – when I it in 2017, I was just like, oh, okay, she's on a respirator. She'll – you know, whatever. But now I'm like, how many people has this happened to over the last two years that they have to tell family members – For a viral infection, we need to put your loved one into a medically induced coma, Um, whether it's a good, you know, whether it's one of the good kind of comas or the bad kind of comas, like, Mm -hmm. you don't know if they're coming off a respirator. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, Brennan, what about some of of the stuff for you that that stuck out from this in terms of um, realistic or unrealistic things on the medical side?
2: A couple of different things on the medical side for me. I mean, I've had my own share of medical issues throughout my life. I mean, my mom would actually be a really good person to have in on this conversation <laughs> because she could talk about uh, the fact that I was in an incubator for the first six months of my life, being fed mm, off of a wow. stomach tube mm-hmm. because my esophagus was not fully formed. Which and is I something that formed. comes
1: up kind of the esophagus it thing comes up at the end of this comes up all well. the time, yeah.
2: yeah, and it comes up in this movie with Emily. Um, basically, my esophagus was the size of, if not smaller, than a pinhole when I was born and so I could not swallow anything I could not nurse I could not eat anything for the first six months of my life that I was in a hospital um and then I still have like this giant tube scar in my stomach from Mm. that having that as an infant and I still have to be really really careful what I eat and how I eat because it can still get lodged in my esophagus if I'm not careful like I was out to dinner with my brother and sister-in-law a couple weeks ago, and I got a piece of freaking fuck cheesecake factory. First off. <laughs> Second off, oh yeah, that's just you could just say that Evergreen, but yeah, there I, I had this I had this Jamaican chicken dish, and this piece <laughs> of chicken was so sauced and greasy that it when I popped it into my mouth, it immediately slid into my esophagus. Oh, oh I no, it got lodged there. I didn't even have a chance to try to chew it. Like it went straight boom. And I tried to drink some water. I tried to get it out the easy way by like swallowing and have it go down. Wasn't happening. And I had to like run to the bathroom and try to, you know, um have it come out the other way. Um, Instead of swallowing. And that's what I have to do sometimes. And I've had to do that since I was a kid. Like I have to be really careful what I can eat. There's been a couple of times where I couldn't get what it was out and had to be hospitalized and have a surgery to have someone come in and surgically remove it from my whatever the piece of food was from my esophagus. Um I can no longer eat walnuts on anything because it like gives me like a visceral like reaction to when I was like ten and had to have surgery to have a walnut removed from my esophagus. Walnuts like like hidden
1: in a lot of stuff.
2: Yeah.
3: So that's wild. I, well you know, first wild. of all, you saying <laughs> fuck, Cheesecake oh, yeah, fuck Cheesecake Factory is hilarious. Like as an institution, as a label. Uh a just like, greasy, a very, that like a food fallout.
1: You know why yeah. you like it? <laughs> Fuck's a funny word because it's soft on the top and hard on the end.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but um on the other medical side of things, I've also had several um facial reconstructive surgeries when I was between the ages of 11 and 13, because I was also born with a facial paralysis um, of my left side. And I got, my mom finally got tired of all the bullying and so did I, and we sought out a medical um, facial reconstructive surgeon in Norfolk that basically did three out of four scheduled surgeries on me, each one the anesthesia did a wrecking ball on my body mm-hmm. where I could not eat or drink anything for months and was just continuously uh, projectile vomiting from the reaction to the anesthesia in such a way that basically none of the surgeries ever completely stuck and did what they were supposed to do because my face and my body could not calm down enough to from from the anesthesia To actually have my face relax and try to get used to the work they had done. So like, yeah, that's so that's what I, you know, went through during that time. And the third one got so bad that they weren't sure I was gonna make it, and neither did I. Like I was like you'd say you were 10? I was 13, 13. And I was in a hospital in Norfolk and I was having like lucid dreams. Like I had a I had a dream that my dead grand uncle came to see me because he was a priest, and I had never met him, and that he had come and given me last rites. Jeez. like that's how much. Like those are the type of like like lucid, elusive dreams. And you still remember that, it? That I still remember it's it is freaking twenty-five wild. years but later. Yeah. So. Um, um. But yeah. So I mean, I've been through my own stuff, and so a lot of this, like, like you were saying, LT, um, really resonates for me as far as the hospital experience and wanting someone to stand up for you and advocate for you as a patient Mm -hmm. in the way that you know Emily's parents try to do in this movie and I like really feel their pain as characters as all they want to do is be there for their daughter and give her whatever the best care is that they can and if not, like what you know, be there for her in her final moments, which they think in the back of their mindset it could possibly be. And it's really terrifying because like from their point of view also, here comes this guy, Camille, who the last they knew of mm. basically treated their daughter like crap. It was like a right? and lied like, to her. Yeah, Emily so, talks about him like he's this yeah. serial liar. Right, oh. exactly, and so that's so you totally understand, you know, uh, Holly Hunter's character's reaction upon meeting him, and I think one of my favorite things is her, her. I mean, Ray Romano's character, you know, comes around pretty quickly, but her slow coming around to him as a character, especially like as someone to open up to about her own issues,
0: mm-hmm.
2: really, really resonates for me. Um, because. Yeah. In a time of immense grief and pain, you know, sometimes you have to lean on somebody, you know, on strangers just as much as you do your loved ones. Yeah. And Camille well, yeah, was and... a stranger to her. And so it like really resonates for me that she leans on him. And, and, and like, it
1: comes around really well yeah. full circle with the whole comedy angle of it, because oh, sure. that scene that you're talking yeah. about is the scene when when Kamala is being heckled by the frat guy.
2: Yeah, or
1: frat, I guess I should call him frat boy, uh, uh, The frat, frat boy yeah. in the at the comedy club and she stands up for him and then they get yeah. back to his apartment and Beth is like, let's have some whiskey and order food. And it's yeah. like you can just feel it's like, oh, OK, like, they're all like comfortable <laughs> with each other. now. Yeah. And, they're,
0: they're going to start like, getting comfortable. You yeah. feel
1: like this is all taking place over like weeks but they I mean this part where Emily is sick, I think it's only like a few days.
3: Yeah um, yeah, and like the, the clothing changes do not happen very often for yeah because like I mean that's also very real. Like you you sit around in a hospital for just hours of your life mm-hmm. when you're you know like with someone who is ill and you know it's it's all about when can I get home to change? Am I gonna be able to do any work today? Mm-hmm. probably not i i need to go feed the dog you know like things like you know i
1: had that with my mom um she was in the hospital during covid not with covid mm-hmm. but during covid for about a oh, week wow. and i was basically the only one who could see her because mm-hmm. they were only letting one visitor in and so i was in Basically, like I could be there from like eight a.m. until eight p.m. and I, they, luckily they had Wi-Fi and like I just took my laptop yeah. and I would, like kind of worked from there. And we were doing this podcast at the time. I don't even remember kind of how we were able to do this podcast when all this was going on.
2: I think you recorded from your mom's basement. Yeah, it. I'm, I'm you, sure I did, but I can't. I don't really think you mentioned this, you it. I think you just right.
1: Well, yeah. and this was like one of those things that was a real, really nice relief for me. I'm sure, mm-hmm. like to have something that was not dealing with hospital stuff because it was one of those sure. things where they didn't know what it was, they didn't know what caused it. It wasn't like we thought it was COVID. It wasn't COVID. And I mean luckily everything worked out. But yeah, those days did feel super long. And you're just like, just the sounds of the hospital, that beeping and the yes. nurses
2: coming in and out. Like oh, Yeah, it's just there, like I cannot with a beep that sounds like a hospital <laughs> monitor. I know. Like I get a chill down my spine and like I get I get flashbacks. I don't know if you yeah. do LT, but I can't I can't, oh, I can't stand the monitor sound. I can't. I just like, can't. Like
3: there there are some things that um are like too real for me. So, like, mm-hmm. I can't watch Grey's Anatomy anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just not a show that I can enjoy anymore. And it was a show that I loved for years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why it's still on, but it was sure I would still enjoy <laughs> it. Um, But I cannot watch it because I've had too many of the. So, you know, uh, this was a while ago now. I've had just like a journey of illness. Vinci, mm-hmm. I'm sure that you understand this. Right. Um, I, in 2000, around 2009, I was a lost about a, a law student at University of Illinois mm-hmm. uh, at Champaign-Urbana. And I started, I was like feeling really sick. I had just moved from Florida where I was like there with my boyfriend for six months. I got really sick, like instantly. Um, I, I had like one of the worst headaches I ever had, went to the ER, waited for like 12 hours cause it was only a headache. And then they noticed I couldn't move my neck. So they did a spinal tap and um, I had meningitis, but like the spinal tap left me paralyzed. Um, So, because I was leaking spinal fluid, I found out like many months later, Um, I'm okay now, but um, like, Anytime they're like, we need to do a lumbar puncture or we do a spinal tap, I'm like, I'm out. Like, I can't Mm -hmm. do it. Like, it it takes me back to that moment. I remember everything about it. I know for some people it helps them during traumatic situations to take in everything Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of process it that way. And I'm one of those people. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, like, the details of, of like, all of it. Like, you know, I remember it vividly. Um, And it, it was painful. And, like, one of the things that was on my list for, like, I never want to have to have this happen, essentially, and mm-hmm. all of the things on my list so far have happened to me. So I'm just going to stop adding to that list. There you go. Yeah, uh, don't it Because, will. like, karma or something is ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, like, you, the like, leaning on strangers, like, they're, you know, nurses are strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, nurses are the best Thing in a damn hospital well and the nurse in this movie i thought was i mean
1: it's because it's the same nurse throughout yes um, we don't ever get a, yeah we don't we ever don't get, get a
3: name no we don't get a name for her, but she was no we did actually they they said her name at some point because camille like was like nurse was what's nurse or something like that said said um we should move her right i think she oh. got a first name there's, there's Betty listed. I'm not sure if it's the same one, but... It's probably... Well, like, and I
1: mean, I was going to say Latani, too, but... Judy. Like, you there's said Judy. You said that, you know, when you were talking about that you can't watch Grey's Anatomy anymore and you can't, you know, these, uh, some of these uh, medical shows, but it is sort of a testament to this movie that... Um, you were still able to watch this one yes, it seems like I was. This was not uh you know this did not turn you off even yeah. after these things would
3: happen i didn't get any of the like bad feelings that i would normally get if we were um if i was watching like a medical show mm-hmm. um i think that there's just so much more heart in this and it's Definitely. way less technical than say something like a Grey's anatomy mm-hmm. we do find out terms and we offend uh, 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 and, eventually find out what Emily is ill with Um, but it's not the kind of thing where they're saying like every little thing that has to be done and Mm -hmm. I know there are probably a ton of procedures that they did probably including a lumbar puncture because they just have to rule everything out. And that's what point. that's
1: what Nurse Judy says at one yeah. point. She says, we're working as hard as you are, but we have to go through the steps and we yeah. can't just jump to conclusions on this. And, yeah. and it is Nurse Judy, I just... Uh, yeah, nurses uh,
3: are the best thing in the hospital. Myra like, Lucretia Taylor is the name of the actress. Who she was really good. I'm Thank yes. you, Lucretia. Like she, it, this was, I, I just thought that she was such a sensitive kind of caring person and you get nurses like that. Like the last time mm-hmm. I was in the hospital, it was like I had consistently like the same five nurses kind of like rotating day and night. And they really got familiar with me. If I needed something, they were my advocate to the doctor.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Like they helped me with all the meal plan stuff because of my meal, like what the food I could tolerate on my stomach went from liquid to like soft solid to normal food.
2: Um, yeah, they're they're amazing. Yeah, one of the things that on that point is that when Camille mentioned Camille mentions the ankle, he mentions it with Nurse Judy in the room, not a doctor. Right. And a lot of in a lot of movies, like or in a lot of instances, you would think like the reason we dismiss it is because you don't think that like well that any that they were really listening because it's kind of an offhand comment when he says it, but right. then it turns out that the doctor. Took note of it, and that note probably came from Nurse Judy. Exactly, so yeah, Nurse it had Judy it. like yeah.
1: took what she's she said. more familiar with what's yeah.
2: going on, right? Yeah. Yes. yeah. So like they they really Nurse Judy is the reason they figured out exactly. what happened to a degree, like
3: you know, and it's their it's their job. Like the nurses mm-hmm. are just so good at their job, you mm-hmm. know, because they actually do listen to you. Yeah, I, I've been amazed at the nurses that I've had, and, and just like any. You know they'll walk in and be like, you know, are you okay? Like sometimes I'll like have a panic attack in the hospital, and nurses and doctors are in all the time. Like there's just there's no rest in a hospital. Um, that's one of the things that I think is portrayed well here, just in terms of them like being awake all of the time, um, waiting for news about her. That's true for the the uh, loved one side as well for the patients. Unless you are in a medically induced coma, you're gonna be woken up like. A million times throughout the day and night to get blood draws, to get because I had to have blood draws uh, every three hours the last time I was in the hospital, um, to get procedures done. Like you don't know when they're gonna take you to the MRI, you don't know when they're gonna take you to this test. Right, because it's when it's when they can schedule it. Exactly, yeah. it's whenever it's available, and you're in the hospital, so then they send transport to get you, and your nurse is there the whole time. Like they have to be there when you leave, they have to be there when you come back. They, you know. Um, I came back from that procedure where I talked about Star Wars and had a panic attack Mm -hmm. and my nurse was there waiting for me and she's like I have your medication I heard that everything did not go well like let's get you settled and like kind of reassess yeah and it was you know it was a really you know they just really take care of you and make sure that you have everything that you need Mm -hmm. and they they spend way more time with the patient than doctors so I think that It was very realistic to have her have the same nurse the whole time. Yeah. Um, So I want to shift a little bit because
1: we've talked like an hour about the, which Mm -hmm. now I'm not Mm. saying this has been a bad use of an hour, but we haven't even touched on like the cultural aspect yeah. of this yeah. and i mean that is a whole other half of this movie that we have this relationship between a pakistani born kamal and you know an american white girl named emily mm-hmm. uh, and just the cultural differences the family pressures that kamal has and mm-hmm. uh, and how that leads to tension in their relationship ultimately leads to them breaking up um because of the things that kamal isn't able to address and, and confront with her um and you know ultimately the saying they were able to work through but it, it is such a huge aspect of this movie that does not at all take place during the hospital this is all the stuff that isn't um the medical part of this movie so um yeah yeah, yeah. i just i just left it i mean I, I don't have any experience with a with that kind of multicultural relationship um you know i know like kevin touched on it a little bit last week when he suggested this movie is mm-hmm. one of the reasons he said he really likes this movie um uh, and, and to me, it feels very authentic Um, just from yeah. stories I've heard mm-hmm. and, you know, seeing Kamal at dinner with his family and they, they bring by the different women for the, that they're trying to introduce and the different Pakistani women they're trying to introduce them to, which leads to, a lot of times leads to some pretty funny interactions
2: as well. Yeah, yeah. The everything is out with there. the X-Files, everything about the yes. X-Files, <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. his favorite
3: show just makes me laugh. And, and his ringtone as well. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I love the one who's the magician. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. She's great. I it's just the the whole concept of arranged marriage is as just they, as they call it in Pakistan marriage. marriage yeah yeah it's just such a you know a con like a non American concept mm-hmm. that American people will never understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have a friend he's passed away unfortunately but he was one of my best friends from college he was Indian. Um, and his family believed in arranged marriages and wanted to arrange one for him in India. And he uh, married a white woman. Um, And like his family took a long time to accept it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very similar to this, only without the sick part. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, they did eventually come around and now, you know, uh, she's like, Emma's like beloved and her their two children you know, are like wrapped up in this family now that they no longer have their dad. But yeah, just, I don't know. From personal experience, I've been in interracial relationship before. Um, it can be difficult, like just the meeting the parents thing is such a like pressure filled time mm-hmm. uh, because you have no idea, you know this person and that you care about them, but you have no idea like what kind of upbringing they had You see their house for the first time. Like, it's just all very um, much, like, trying to discover as much about the other person as possible. And then, you know, they meet your family. And there's a whole other dynamic there. Um, It's just really interesting how they portray the idea that Emily is like, I don't want to be the reason that you don't have a family anymore. And yet,
1: I mean, those those pressures too that he feels. I mean, you can just see like and you can see I, I think what I really liked about this too on this watch was that this movie starts with Kamal telling his his backstory, right? We're seeing mm-hmm. some of the some of his one man show. Um and so we get that background of like him growing up and him growing up with these influences of American culture and you know wanting to have that blend of a culture. He doesn't want to have this traditional Pakistani culture that his parents brought him uh, brought him up them wanting for him he wants what he wants and it and it does just lead to um you know least it leads to problems throughout this movie and, and things that ultimately do get resolved but I'm sure there are still issues that come up that you know it's not like yeah. this is in Hollywood story so it's not like you know we're just gonna have smiling at the
3: end like we do at the end of this movie so yeah it's uh, it's just really it's tough to grapple with a different culture if you have no idea mm-hmm. you know um and that's true of both Kumail and Emily. Um, you know, she talks about how she tried to make Pakistani food, for example.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, like
3: the, it's just all these different things that you you try to do to to yes. make that person understand that you care about them and that mm-hmm. you care about their culture and that you respect it. And mm-hmm. it's it's just you're kind of walking uh, a line when you do that though, especially like, you know, I haven't dated anyone who, uh, you know, whose family believes in arranged marriage. Like that would be something completely different. Like mm-hmm. that's that's like adding a whole nother factor to it because families really do break up over this. I mean, they make it funny when they talk about that one, uh, the guy, um, in one of the first scenes with the parents uh, and his mom is talking about the guy who's married who lives with that white woman and Camille's mm-hmm. like, they're married, Mom. Right. And they're talking about how they just had a baby and the child is going to have no family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, the child has family, you just don't yeah. like the family. You don't recognize <laughs> it, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, we sort
2: yeah. of hit on this last week as well. I mean, to a lesser degree because it's between two, at the end of the day, white cultures, but... You know, in, we talked about in Brooklyn with, um, when saoirse Ailish. character goes, Eilish goes to, her oh. Irish character goes to meet her Italian boyfriend, Scramley, and the links she goes to to prepare for that, such as taking spaghetti spinning lessons with, well, in, in both movies. And, and that's really interesting because, I mean, that's a good connection. She, to, the things to she last tries speech. to do, the things she tries to do, and then the culture shock of meeting is, um, outlandish, loud-spoken Italian family when she comes from such a sort of uptight, conservative um, Irish, Irish upbringing. It's very, like, yeah. it's, a, it's a big culture shock thing, and it's... Well,
1: and, and, and both th- movies uh, around, you know, these cultural conversations happen around food, around yeah. dining.
2: Yeah. I mean, exactly. that's a really good connection last week. Yeah. yeah. And meeting the parents and whether the parents are going to approve of that that person or not you know it's like a really big deal
1: yeah well and back in ireland eilish's family doesn't approve of right you know they don't they don't approve of the marriage or well they don't approve the fact that she's married but not necessarily the marriage yeah
3: right i I mean it's it's probably a combination of both they don't approve Mm -hmm. they just don't approve they like you know in all of these situations it seems like the parents Wants what's best for their child. They want someone who can share their religion, who can share their culture, someone who understands what it's like to be a Pakistani Muslim in America, which Mm -hmm. is a unique experience when you have white people heckling you and saying because of how you look, they're like, yeah, go back to ISIS. And like, you know, you have someone asking you your opinion about 9 11 like what does yes. that even mean? Like, what's your stance <laughs> on nine eleven?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I thought about that joke in the shower and the joke response of we lost nineteen of our best yeah. men, and still, I still I still laughed. It's well, like, Kamala is so quick so, on his elite. feet with both
1: responses yeah. with that, and then the response to the guy where he says, "Why would you want ISIS to have more members?"
2: It doesn't um, make any sense. Yeah, like
1: yeah. so. I mean, both both those are are really good responses. Right. Uh, yeah, and I think. Uh, I was gonna go somewhere and I lost it. Um, All right, yeah, maybe I'll come
3: right here with
1: you. You, Oh, you know what? What I was gonna say is, uh, Brendan, when you were talking about, or or maybe it was you, Latanya, talking about Emily making the Pakistani food um, and like trying to like, you know, enjoy his culture that way. The culture that Kamel really wants her to enjoy is the abominable Doctor
3: Phoebus. Exactly. exactly. It's not.
2: It's not the Pakistani culture. It's. It's the. He's trying to create his own assimilation of the culture. Yeah. 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 Yeah,
3: Yeah. he's got kind of both going on. Like,
2: his one-man show is hilarious. It's amazing. It's just
3: a a commercial for Pakistan.
2: If you've ever been to a fringe festival show, I know you have, Zach. No. Um, But this is basically, like, a one-man show someone would put on for a uh, fringe theater festival. Oh, really? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I've never been
3: to a one-man show before, but, like, I would definitely do it. Mm -hmm. Um it sounds like a fun time because anyone who's like, I'm gonna do a one man show really has a lot going on. Mm -hmm. And it's most of the
2: most of the one man shows are the same kind of thing. It's somebody standing on a stage monologuing their life story to you.
3: Yeah.
2: And that's it. Like that's what the show is. That's it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um a couple of themes that I noticed in this, Mm -hmm. uh, and this is this is a minor one, but the theme of carbs is in yes, this. we hear about being <laughs> gluten free <laughs> at one point. Uh, one of the dates is gluten free. Uh, then Kamel compares the coma to good and bad carbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, there is toast. Um, I don't even remember what yeah. it was, toast, but yeah. I wrote down there's toast. Yeah, there oh, so it's a
2: toast joke, and he never, right? A it was toast, a, yeah, the toast
1: that's right. Yeah. The joke was about toast. Yeah, um, toast and is then we have word. him wanting to get the burger with one bun
3: but three slice, th- you know, four slices. Of okay, cheese. Oh, that man. is that is uh, one of my favorite moments. Yeah in just like any movie I've seen in the last like five or six years mm-hmm. my my sister and I quoted that like this is something that we quoted to each other when when I first watched this movie I lost my mind over this <laughs> scene because Poor the amount guy. of times that I have gone to a freaking drive-thru and I've been like I want extra cheese and they're like but it already has two slices of cheese ma'am and I'm like I don't give a extra fuck. means on I top of whatever it normally cheese. comes with. Yeah, like, right. exactly. Why is this
1: so hard? And that's you, another yeah. one of those that's another one of those pulled from real life. Like I can just uh, yeah. totally yes. see if like, you're stressed out at the end of the day, you just want dinner. And like just I had this I had this after my was in the hospital. I remember I went and picked up dinner and it was like I do I remember I think I had to wait like twenty five minutes for dinner or something like that. And like yeah. you know, it's just one of those where it's like the littlest thing like sets you off. And yeah. the fact that you couldn't get four the most ridiculous thing, you can't taste the yeah. difference between one slice of cheese and four slices of you cheese cannot. on
3: not <laughs> He yeah. really cannot. cannot but cannot. he re- he gets out of the car instead of just driving the three feet. He yeah. gets yeah. out of the car and runs and yells at this poor kid who's like, yeah. "This is my, first, my first day." day. Yeah.
2: And oh. then he dumps out oh. the trash um, for no reason.
3: Just dumps out all the trash and is just like, "Look me in the eyes when you are fucking me." Right. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love it. that's like that's like the Camille that I know from uh, yeah. from Silicon Valley, right? Yeah. Like exactly. And yeah. he's so good in that show. He's uh, so good on that and, show. you know, you don't see that character come out that often in this movie, but I do feel like he that and, is something that that character would, would Mark and Martin oh, have that rapport. And it's like, yeah, on, on yeah. Yeah.
2: Valley, it's
1: He's crazy. so good, and it makes me yeah. so sad that a movie that will probably come up soon was such a not good uh, effort from him. Or, well, it wasn't really his effort. It was it's not, not, not his fault. Yeah, it was good. a not
3: good use exactly.
1: of, his, of his talents. Mm.
3: Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. If, it, if it's yeah. not
1: suggested, I'll be suggesting
3: it. So.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. And the other, uh, the other thing I noticed happening a couple of times in the movie is giraffes. Uh, yeah. so Terry tells the giraffe highball joke, <laughs> um, and then Kamel buys a giraffe, uh, yeah. stuffed animal. So there's just like little things that are kind of like through lines in this that, yeah. um, I didn't notice until I was watching this movie and taking notes on it, um, also, like all the pop culture references in this are a goldmine when you do a podcast and you need to come up with connections to new movies. So, um, I, I very much appreciated that as well. I did notice
2: yeah. the Sean of the Dead poster on
1: his wall. Though. Yep. Yeah. I always, always <laughs> something on the walls of these movies. Of the Absolutely. Um, should we get into listener feedback or is there anything yeah, you guys want to touch on before we, any big, any big notes, uh, Latani, that you want to make sure we touch on before we get to listener feedback? Well, uh,
3: let's see. Um, and you'll still have a
1: chance for your one last thing, too. This is
3: just kind yeah. of... I think I'll save, I'll save what I was going to say for my one last thing. Cool. All right. Listener feedback. So, Jeff starts off, This
1: podcast is on a streak, as this was another movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. I haven't loved Kamal and other things I've seen him in. Uh, I did tell Jeff he should watch Silicon Valley, because he's great mm-hmm. in that. So, I actually thought it wouldn't be that good. Uh, I really liked that it was based on Kamal, and his, the story of Kamal and his wife. And it was well-written and well-acted. The story had me hooked and I wanted her to live and then wanted them to get back together. The ending was well done, and it jumped up a half point, so I give this a 4.5. Awesome.
2: I'm mm. so glad we're hitting for Jeff right now. Yeah,
1: it's always always a good to have a satisfied customer who gets all the slices of cheese that he wants.
2: Four <laughs> <laughs> four Four and a half slices of cheese for four, Jeff. Four vegan four che- vegan cheese for Jeff, cheese.
1: obviously, not not dairy cheese for Jeff.
2: Meg of the Lever Anderson to say, regrettably, I didn't have time to watch The Big Sick for this weekend, oh, but okay. I saw it when it came out, and I really enjoyed it. I've listened to Kamel Manchadi's x podcast, and Emily came on as a guest when they discussed the episodes where Scully is in a coma, and so I really knew their story before the movie was ever made. Uh, it was really neat to see them turn this into a movie. Um, yeah, that was something we hit on near the beginning. Um, I became familiar with their story during the promotion for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I thought that really helped inform the movie and especially this rewatch. Um I, I really like how okay they are in telling their story.
1: And I think that they had I haven't listened to it, but I think they had a pandemic podcast, the two of them. Yeah. Um because obviously she's like very immunocompromised still from this. So um, yeah. Um COVID, like they apparently they were had to be super, super careful because she could not get yeah, based, based on this experience. So they they yeah. talked a lot about that in their podcast, and I have gotten pretty politically active as well um in different in different realms. I've heard them on Positive America, and you know they're mm-hmm. kind of all over the place. So yeah. always good when a podcaster can bring his wife Emily on a podcast. Right? <laughs> exactly. Okay.
3: Yep. Yeah,
1: we yeah. stand in her
3: wife's name, em- Emily.
1: Yeah. All right, Uh, Olin writes in, uh, he says, I feel like I had already watched this film so many years ago having listened to the real Emily Mm. and Camille share their story on comedy Bang Bang and similar podcasts. Probably enjoyed it more in that format and found it more engaging. Of course, uh, me being aware of the beats of the story probably meant that it wasn't that fresh for me. Anyway, the first half hour was a real drag, but it did pick up when the real actors started taking over, and I include Ray Romano in that list, especially after outshining De Niro (coughs) and Pacino in The Irishman, although they did sound very low uh yeah. holly hunter really shown for me had my biggest laugh of the film from her delivery of best fucking sandwich so <laughs> Kazan helped pull the film through the final act with her character in post-recovery i know kamail was meant to be a bit wimpy and overly apologetic but just didn't feel that here the comedy cl- club troupe had enough charisma to engage me in their segments so Olin gives it a three and uh, proved by a couple of half stars as the films progressed uh mm-hmm. Uh, his hero of the movie is Holly Hunter, and his one last thing was he kept expecting actor Bob Balaban of Waiting for Guffman to turn up. Uh, second reference of Bob Balaban. Well, wow, Bob Balaban. Yeah, he's prefer-
2: having a big day. He's yeah. yeah, having a big day for Balaban. We, yeah, we congratulations, love Balaban. Balaban. <laughs> <Not> right? Uh, <laughs> Stefan writes said to say, uh, let me get this out of the way. This movie is not funny, but that doesn't matter. It's still a really good film. The main three actors all nail their roles. Ray Romano, in particular, is great. I wish Zoe Kazan was in the movie a little more and that more of their relationship was shown before she got sick. Hot take, an out-with-this-movie-Kamale... I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> hot take, without this movie, Kamal does not become Kingo. Four out of five. Who's Kingo? From Stefan. Uh, his character in Eternals. Eternals, that's... Just, he's that you subtly mentioned earlier yeah don't even um, yeah. know his
1: name that's how uh... yeah, don't even
2: know. <laughs> but um i would disagree i think um i think we actually got the perfect amount for this movie i love how this movie pivots from being a rom-com that's showing all of the beats of their relationship to what it becomes in the second half so i actually yeah. disagree with uh,
1: that. uh yeah maybe another movie that'll come up with bo burnham um but i think there's a similar vibe to i mean not not in the movie itself, but just how it shifts from being like what you would think it is for a romantic comedy to something else.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, about midway through. Uh, yeah. and there you go. Uh, I'm sorry, Stefan didn't find this movie funny. I think there's a lot of laugh out loud I moments so in is. this, which is what's amazing. This movie is so emotional for me and like, so, so heavy and gripping, but then we see Kamal unlock her phone with their, with her thumbprint. while well, she's yeah. in a coma. Yeah. Um, which obviously could not have happened when this really happened. I, Cause I'm sure that was before uh thumbprint scanners on smartphones, but oh. it's still like a really funny thing. I don't think I've ever seen in a movie before. And I, uh, and like, I love roommate Chris just being a, like a lonely weirdo. And when they go into the room and he picks up his phone and he's like, Siri, uh, voice text you up. And, like, and, <laughs> and I think he says you up period at one point, uh, like yeah. not even a question mark. Um, and all the stuff with Camille driving an Uber I thought was really funny. So I think, yeah. like, for me, there's a lot of really, really funny moments in this. And the yeah. emotional stuff. Yeah. So I guess humor is an emotion. but yeah. I guess.
2: Humor is subjective, though. Speaking of that? the emotional stuff,
1: we yeah. got a, we got an email in from, My, well, a WhatsApp message from Michael J. Clark. And he says, uh, he has a good, big, sick anecdote. When he saw it in theaters by himself or on the climax of the movie, he just started crying. Uh, just really emotional watching all the medical stuff and seeing Camille break down. I literally had to say to myself out loud in a half empty theater, why am I doing this? She wrote the fucking thing. So he had to say to himself, why am I crying? Why am I worried that she's not going to make it? Emily wrote the movie. She's
2: fine. <laughs> she survived this movie. She made it. She made it. No, made that, it.
3: that's a completely justified emotional response. And I highly endorse crying in movie theaters. It's one of my favorite things to do. I miss going to the movie so damn much. I think the Batman's gonna get me out. There you go. Well, a couple days, you can go see
1: it. I oh, think, think it's gonna, gonna be in the get me. For
3: three hours. That's when we get back I to the theater. I know. I know. I think it's gonna get me out to the theater. I've heard awesome. so many good things about it, um, and I am pr- fully prepared for like a taut, emotional thriller awesome. about a serial murderer yep. with Batman. Yeah, uh, i I'll, I'll cry in that movie theater any day.
2: Enough about American Psycho,
3: during. though. Yeah. <laughs> <What was laughs>
2: yeah, four and a half from Michael J. Clark. Uh, what was Jim the American
1: Psycho reference, Brendan? I know I should get that. He
2: said a taught American drama about serial uh, killers with Batman. So, yeah. yeah, that... that was wow. was a good joke. I didn't even realize it. That was
3: a real. Wow. Yeah, nice. I didn't... Yeah, okay. It's a, that's a thinker. That's a real... That's you a you real joke. joke needing to explain a joke is in this Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. Which is also very funny. What was the last movie you cried during, Latonia? Oh Lord, uh, maybe that should be our opening question for guests. Yeah, for seriously, that's a that's really telling. Um, I'm trying to think of a movie that I cried during. Uh, give me a second because I definitely just burst into tears while I was watching one movie the other day, and I can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay. All
1: right. Well, I'll read the I'll read the next email, and maybe you'll think of it while yeah. I'm reading this email. Okay.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: so Jim, oh, I guess it's your turn, Brendan.
2: You're up. Okay, uh, sorry, I was looking for a movie that I cried during. Um oh, right. uh, I, have, I Jim, mean, mine was easy. Jim, mine was on this
3: podcast. So that's, that's what I mean. Are. I can't remember the <laughs> movies I've seen. I need a list.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, Jim writes in to say the big sick was great fun. This movie had a great balance between drama and comedy. And though the shift of tone was telegraphed, it came a bit earlier than their in their relationship that I expected. Four out of five. Hero of the movie Holly Hunter. For me, the biggest laughs were when she was dealing with the heckler. I agree. Um, Four out of five from Jim. So that's going to give us a solid four
3: average from the listeners. Good job. All right. Holly Hunter, I'll I'll talk about it later. There are just so many subtle things that she does with this performance, like just the Mm -hmm. outward, I can't stand you, why are you here? Uh, Like Venom that she has towards Camille at the beginning, where she's just like, you shouldn't be here. What are you doing here?
0: And then (laughs) –
3: and. And then Terry, her husband, just kind of like gets her to calm down a little bit and like let him come sit with them while they eat like an awkward bite of a meal of food. Yeah. Tuna by by the lake. Um. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, it's canned tuna. I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, right. He doesn't know know what he's talking about in that moment. Like, those types of conversations in a hospital are so funny, but they're also mm-hmm. so real. Mm-hmm. Like you're in a surreal experience. And so you're like, you know, isn't, wasn't it funny when that doctor, and that you have to joke about something mm-hmm. that isn't funny at all, inherently. Right. Mm-hmm. But you have to But like, sometimes these the things direction. become funny after, you know, like yeah, after you're out of the
1: tragedy, tragedy plus exactly. time equals comedy, which yeah. probably is what you could say is the walk the away of this movie. Elsie, uh, why don't you just go ahead and give your rating uh, out of five
3: um i think i give this one a four out of five just for for casting <laughs> and uh and for real for having the guts to tell this this type of story um i just really appreciate that there's something like this out there because there are so many people who are suffering with like long-term illnesses and uh you know it's but when you encounter them in your life you don't really uh, you can sympathize with them, but this movie makes you be able to empathize a lot better. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I never can remember which is which: sympathy or empathy. I'm like,
1: which one is the one when you've been through it, and which one is the one when you haven't been through it. But
3: um, empathy is the been through. Sympathy yep. is the I you know I feel I bad. Feel bad for you. Yeah. Okay. All right, who's your hero of the movie? Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Right. Uh, Holly Hunter kills it. Like, I'll I'll talk about her really briefly. She she's just she's one of my favorite actresses. Home for the Holidays is one of my favorite movies mm. um, <laughs> uh, because of her and like all the things that I can quote from it. Um, but like, I, I love Holly Hunter so much. I just get on her side. The Id- idea of a Holly Hunter Zoe Kazan mother daughter duo is fantastic and i wish we had gotten more of that relationship yeah what we do get i think is like
1: really concentrated and powerful like the scenes yeah, where they're laying right. together and stuff but yes yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's just like the, the the way this movie works is just like you can't have much zoe kazan in it i mean she's exactly. got gone for half the movie so yeah
3: yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah i i think that she does a really great job she does a lot of like she always acts with her hair I, I this I like this is just a thing that Holly Hunter does. Like her hair becomes a part of her character because mm-hmm. she's got like such a thick head of hair, and she's always kind of like moving it around, like the space that she's in, and kind of like telegraphing her mood with it. It's very much something that I think you have to be a woman to understand. But, like yeah. um, I feel like I notice her mouth
1: and her eyes the
3: most because her mouth
1: yeah. is
2: like kind of small. Her mouth is small. She has big eyes.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: Um, all right, Brennan, you want to go next? Uh, sure. Yeah, so um, back in 2017, uh, when we left the theater, I rated this movie a 5 on Letterboxd. 5 out of 5. Uh, did that rating change after this second viewing? No, it did not.
0: All right. I'm nice.
2: going to continue to rate this movie a 5. Um, There are little things you can nitpick about this movie, but I think overall it incredibly holds up. I think the performances are great. I think, you know... The way that it hits home um, on a lot of different levels as far as family relationships and building your relationship with someone you love and all the medical stuff. I think it's a really incredible story, especially like if this wasn't based on a true story, I might feel differently about the tone and the way this movie is structured. But the fact that this is them telling their story like really, really makes it hold up for me. Um, it, makes it, personal, yeah. it makes it more interesting, and it makes you yeah. it makes you sympathize with them on a whole different level.
1: And empathize you know I mean? sometimes.
2: And empathize at points. Yeah. So it's still a five for me. Um, I actually have this rated um number two of the year sandwich between for 2017 between Thor Ragnarok and Logan. So take that. Right. I, think I, have Take that
1: I think I have Logan first in this second um, on my
2: list. And then rounding out my top ten were Coco, Lady Bird, uh, Florida Project, Molly's Game, Get Out, Dunkirk, and Batman, uh, Lego Batman. So, hell yeah, 2017. What a year for movies. Ridiculous um, year for movies. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so. so that's that's it. It's a who's pirate. your hero of the movie, Brendan? Uh, it's gonna be... It's gonna be uh, Camille and Emily's uh, relationship. Just the hero, yeah, them getting to tell their story,
1: yeah. Um, all right, well, I am, I, I'm, I'm struggling. I, I feel like there's something that holds me back from giving this a full five, but I kind of want to. Um, but I think I'm gonna give it a 4.5. There's
3: just something, there's like a je ne sais quoi that's missing, <laughs> <laughs> like I just yeah, don't know what it is. It's the pacing, yeah, it's, it's the pacing and the length of the movie because toward the end, there are a couple scenes that I don't think need to be there or they need to be rearranged. So, yeah, I think I think I, I agree. Give it yeah. For me, like it was like when they're in the
1: hospital, like that hour when Zoe's in that in the coma. I'm just like I get that it needs to feel extended, but it feels it did feel like I was I was kinda checking my watch a little bit during those parts. Um so I think, yeah, I think that's that's probably a good call. Um but I, I, I like love how much that we were able I mean, we've talked for almost two hours about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um and I hadn't I did not think we were gonna talk for this long. Um but like we've just been able to have such good conversations about it, and it's brought up so many personal experiences, and I feel like there's a whole, like a whole huge section of this movie that we haven't even really like delved into. Um, and there's just like there's so much that it accomplishes, and this movie really is an emotional roller coaster. Um, and so I love that. Um, and uh, my hero of the movie, I will say, um, I, I don't think it's fair to give it to just Camille um, and Brenna. You already gave it to Camille and Emily, but. Uh, I will as well. I'll, I'll give it to Camille and Emily just for being able to tell this story um, and, and be able to bring bring the emotion to it. I think, you know, maybe some of that's Michael Schalter, although I, don't, I don't know how much credit to give him um, based yeah. on his other movies he's directed. So uh, that is my hero of the movie. Um, so that's a 4.5 for me, 5 from Brennan, 4 from yeah. Latanya, 4 from the listeners. So what does that give as average-wise, Brendan.
2: Yeah, so we're at a 4.37 average or a 4.5 for what are all
1: right well right. let's go let's go real quickly through some connections we already talked about the connections to brooklyn i don't think is there anything you we didn't touch on um
2: we, we got through most of the big ones i mean we that i that i wanted to hit on um throughout the course of our conversation
1: yeah the only other one i did mention the carbs and i wrote this down under connections and i couldn't figure out why and then i remember because it was uh alish worked in a bakery when she was in ireland
2: oh so, yeah yeah.
1: Right, right, right. yeah yeah uh what about connections to other movies from this year anything stick out i mean um there actually is one review I saw on Letterboxd uh, that I sent to you, Brendan, and uh, I put it. I dropped into my notes just in case we didn't get to it, uh, and it's from Cody Spackman. And maybe Cody Spackman is a listener, and uh-huh. he says, "Up there with About Time as far as
2: incredible heartful,
3: heartfelt romantic comedies." I
2: wasn't going to lead with that one. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
3: I like but, um, that. That's an all timer for me. About time. Like, my goodness, wonderful.
1: perfectly.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, Camille does call himself something of a time nerd. Mm-hmm. So there you <laughs> that's go. True. That that uh connects to that time um it didn't yesterday
1: wasn't uh one of the characters in a coma at one point yesterday um no i mean he was he was
2: hit, in by car, he yeah, hit by a car but he was car. yeah, yeah. It wasn't a coma. yeah so
1: i mean we've, i mean this is like this is what nine straight nine for nine yeah. movies this year that has some sort of like love story in it
2: um, um we had theory. the matchmaker and the quiet man and the mm-hmm. matchmaker and this his mom oh, tried yeah. to play matchmaker Mm -hmm. um i had that written down the idea from once
1: about characters meeting each other at a certain point in their lives and like if it was a different point in their lives things might be differently had emily not gotten sick when she did maybe her and camille don't end up back together and they just end up breaking up and he moves to new york yep Um, so yeah nice all right. Um and uh what about uh title connection? So I know you had one in mind,
2: Brendan. Uh yeah, and this was this will lead into my one last thing as well, is um I had title connection as Love and Illness in an Oscar nominated screenplay. And that's gonna be my one last thing. This was nominated for best original screenplay. Yeah. It lost to get out, deservedly so. Oh. Yeah. But it's just a is like, this an original screenplay? Of yeah, yeah, it's a hell of a year for best original screenplay.
3: No, that was a really good yeah. year. I was, I was yeah. gonna yeah. talk about seeing them at the Oscars and how that was fun.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, I feel like it's an adapted screenplay. No, adapted from what? From, from real life. life. Yeah, <laughs> that's not how adapted. But it's, a ri- ad- that's, <laughs> it's an <yeah>. original. That's <laughs> yeah. It's original story. Yeah. It's not. It's ri- based on. It's not based on a, it's on a book or. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I get it. All right, I, Fred.
1: <laughs> my one tweak is instead of love and illness, and I would say love and Go marriage. For. Because both movies really focus around the marriage aspect of this. Um And I feel like illness is covered in the word sick in the title. Fair enough. So. Love
2: and um, marriage and Nascar Donate screenplay. Boom. All
1: right. Uh, movie map to last year. Best connection to last year's movies. Uh, I wrote down parenthood.
2: Um, because this movie is all about uh, trying to live up to what your parents expect of you. And trying to navigate relationships. And at the same time please your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so that's, yeah, so I had... Um, and all of last
1: year, like most of our movies had some sort of fatherhood yeah. angle to them, so. Absolutely,
2: and then um, Always Be the Navy, obviously. Yeah, yeah, that was the one
1: them. that stuck out to yeah. me, too, in terms sure. of kind of culture and relationships intersecting. Yeah. Um, probably could say the same thing about uh, uh, Crazy Rotations as well. Yep, um, that's so true. Any, mm-hmm. uh, Latani, anything stick out with movies we did last
3: year that you think connects really well with this? I'm trying to think of what movies you all did last year. I was just generally looking at movies that came out last year. I didn't realize oh. This was movies that yeah. you all did. Uh, hey, did movies you, from last year that could that could be on did our Did you cover one. Swan Song on uh, no. last year? No. The Mahershala Ali movie on Apple TV Plus. Nope, we did that. I did, I just heard somebody talking about that though, and I heard it's really good. Yeah, it's about uh, a man. Mahershala Ali has a terminal illness, and there's a technology that allows you to essentially have a clone of yourself that is an AI, like a robot, um, to replace you. So that your no. family doesn't have to go through you being ill. Yeah, oh, I was like a black... about that. Yeah, it was like a black mirror type thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Save, save that for suggestions because that could be a good oh, one cool. for next week. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, two other ones from last year that came up. Uh, Big Lebowski, in terms of that, comes up in the compatibility test. Emily mentions that yeah. as an example. You see what he uses a compatibility test. Yeah. And then Edward says her hands because of Vincent Price. Yeah. So. There
2: you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot to mention this is her hands for Vincent Price. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. All right. One last thing, Brendan, you already did your one last thing. Yep. Uh, Latanya, do you have a one last thing that you want to? Uh...
3: My one last thing that I thought was really accurate about being in the hospital was um, Ray Romano taking notes when all of the doctors mm-hmm. are there uh, yeah. uh, explaining what's going on because I had like, I bring my um, like notebook with me, my moleskin and I'm like, okay, what are we doing today? <laughs> and I like take notes on all of the things that the, the doctors tell me um are going on and like what the treatment plan is and all of that mm-hmm. stuff so i can like stay more informed mm-hmm. and like i you know like my mom will definitely do that too she was a nurse mm-hmm. so she can just remember it um but i have to take notes about it well and that that notebook probably came in handy when they were writing this movie
1: and trying to remember yeah. what yeah. happened yeah yeah um my one last thing i think i mentioned you know there was something about this movie that i was sort of missing and i do think this would have definitely in- bloated the movie out a little not bloated it, but like added to it added to the runtime if they would have addressed this but there's one big aspect of the medical system that is not touched on in this movie at all and mm-hmm. that is the financial and insurance aspect yeah, they seem yeah. rich yeah and i mean yes, they must yes. be but like if this was kamel who came down with this um yeah. is an uber driver and a and a comedian yeah. his hospital yeah. bills would be through the roof latana you talked about you know your thirteen thousand dollar medication that you have yeah. to get um It's just not, it's never even talked about. Uh,
3: And it's just like the fact that they don't talk about money at any point in this movie is so unrealistic that it's ridiculous. Or she must really have rich North Carolina parents because they're able to come and take off work, whatever Mm. it is that they do. Yeah. They're able to like take off for an extended amount of time, which is just something that is not financially feasible for most human beings living in America. Yeah. Uh, and it, might not, be, it that, might not be It might
1: what happened in real life. So that might be why, but it's just that, it, I that, just wish it was uh, even addressed that like, yeah, like
2: it's It's quite possible that, it's a major plot hole because we learned that Terry was a teacher. Like yes. he had an affair while he was at a Terry as a, a professor. teacher conference. Yeah, yeah. so, so like, like
3: professors don't make a ton of money. Yeah. No, they do not, Um. So I don't know. I don't know what type of insurance yeah. she's a, a grad student. Right. Yeah, there's no way. If she's covered, I mean, honestly, like the University of Chicago insurance, because I'm thinking of Northwestern student mm-hmm. insurance, it's pretty legit. Mm-hmm. Like they they will cover lots of stuff. And if you're a grad student, you're obviously going to be older. You can navigate right. the insurance system a lot more. Um, so like, but but it would be a problem. Like you would get yeah. <clears throat> bills for twenty grand. And- yeah. After well, luckily, Camille had that Marvel money coming in, so right? Yeah, was, uh, yeah was, now
1: he's got it covered. I, I do wonder if they made this movie now because they're so much yeah. more, they're very politically active now. I don't know if they were at the time when this movie came out, yeah. if they were as, as vocal about it. Um, and I know they've done a lot in terms of you know, health insurance and um, right. you know, uh, health care uh, policy. So I, I, it was just something that stuck out to me. I like couldn't get it out of my mind while I was watching, this okay. movie. yeah, okay. all right. Well, with that, uh, so that was a 4.5 average and we're going to head into our uh, ladder rung segment we'll pick our movie for next week based on suggestions from the listeners and also your hosts we will narrow it down to a final three and then pick a movie for next week uh once we do pick that movie send that feedback in at ladder movie on twitter and the movie at gmail.com start off with jeff he says yes one more time well he didn't say one more time so it probably is not <laughs> the last time uh, he said sweet land love story featuring people from two different cultures there you go Olin, mm. Streetcar Named Desire, Zoda Kazan's grandfather, Elliot, yeah. directs a film where the female looks to recover from an unsuccessful marriage with a charming but awkward, uh, almost apologetic man, or apoplectic man. No, apologetic, I think is what he meant. Apologetic okay. is what he meant. Yeah. Okay, man. Complications ensure, uh, mm-hmm. while the male lead looks to be bound by some traditional codes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Next one, Descendants. A family copes and bonds over their female relative being in a coma. Oscar-winning screenplay from *The Writers of the Way* way back, mm. and *The Visitor* from 2007, Tom McCarthy novel focuses on the experience of Muslim immigrants on post-9/11. Whereas I would say 11/9, America. Mm.
2: It's, uh, it's, Is this uh, Oscar screenplay month? Let's find out.
1: Oh, maybe yeah. Well, it's Oscar month. Uh, I do. I will say before we get to mine, I uh, we're not almost at mine, but I do have like a potential like next four weeks mapped out. Uh, (laughs) Oh wow! Okay. uh, I don't know if we would do it, but it's like there's a uh, there's certainly like I I have a I have a potential map in mind, and I I doubt we will actually do it because that would rely on my picks getting picked multiple weeks in a row. But we'll see. Um, All right, Mega the Librarian says Eight Mile from 2002. Another case of a famous person essentially playing himself in a movie based on his own life. Mm -hmm. Uh, This Mm -hmm. one I thought of uh, while you were sleeping. Love story about a coma. Uh, and crash from 1996 this is the cronenberg crash i believe uh this is starring uh, holly hunter it's about romance and people who are questionably unwell
2: yeah that's the cronenberg crash yeah all
1: right stefan click similar Mm -hmm. vibes uh click came up after the about time episode a lot too Uh, forgetting sarah marshall apatow film that centers on an ex. Um, that was one I didn't like very much at the time, so I'd be interested yeah. to revisit that. Yeah. And then The Big Short, also based on real life, and hey, look, the same title uh, structure is similar. Uh,
0: nice.
1: Yes, <laughs> uh, of course, we didn't even talk about this with Connections the last year, but we yeah. did The Big the Blank yeah. last year. We did The Big Lebowski, uh, and then yeah, we, we followed sleep. that up with The Big Sleep. So uh, we definitely did The Big Blank, and we talked, uh, this movie actually came up, The Big Sick came up after The Big Sleep episode. We wanted to keep on the big S-word uh I train
2: believe, i believe the big short was also a uh oscar nominated screenplay it was definitely nominated
1: for yeah. oscars yeah, so it, it was. was yep uh all right and then jim has a uh, one off my list holly hunter playing an immigrant in an yeah. arranged marriage that is the piano seems to be streaming for free in a ridiculous number of places yep um, that was on my list as well
2: breakfast of champions
1: Oh, there we go. Yes. Uh, we are the champions, as they say mm-hmm. on film spotting. All right. So that's all of our listener suggestions. So, Latani, you get to go first with your suggestions on movies. Okay. Um,
3: I have several movies. <laughs> I would um, say take, stick to five, five or six. Five or six. Okay. Okay. I've got six. Um, okay. So, the first is uh, called The Lovebirds. Um, it is another movie starring Camille Nanjiani, but uh, co-starring the great, talented, and amazing Issa Rae, just a, like a ray of light and a human being that has brought so much to Black entertainment. Um, the two of them are an interracial couple, intercultural couple, um, in kind of a um, <laughs> an action comedy movie where they're having to escape the idea that someone thinks that, think that they murdered uh like a driver um
0: mm.
3: and yeah it's kind of like following this couple's exploits as they're like having a very rough patch in their relationship and wondering if they're going to be able to work it out but they have to like get through the night like literally survive the night uh it's uh, also directed
1: by michael schalter as well oh yeah and
3: the
1: i think it's on right, netflix yeah. yeah it is on netflix
3: yep um so yeah that's one um the next one that i had was Palm Springs. Oh, love that movie. Um, And that's because, one, I love that movie, and two, um, this is, even though Emily is in a coma for the majority of this movie, I think of this movie as, like, a duo, like, dynamic duo movie. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, Palm Springs is very much one of those um, films uh, with, uh, what is his name? at. Andy, Andy Sandberg, Sandberg and uh oh, who was the female? I is? always um, forget her name.
2: Is that Emily? Emily Deschnell? No, it's no.
3: Dumb. uh Oh she man, this up. is so
2: bad that we can't oh, think God. of this. We're awful. We're uh, terrible uh, podcasting. Yeah, we're all gonna we're all googling it. Let's we'll use Google
3: as the fastest. Oh, now Palm strings the City. Palm free... Strengths the City. Yeah, Kristen Miliotti is the other. Yes. Yes. Obviously, yeah. obviously, uh, Kristen Miliotti. They're so cute together in that movie. I think I, I just adore the, the relationship that they have and mm-hmm. that they develop and they have to go through all of these like timey-wimey shenanigans um, to try to get get out to where they belong and figure out whether or not they belong together.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So that's one. Um, another movie I have, is called Obvious Child. Um, it is a movie starring Jenny Slate and Jake Lacy. yeah, um Gabby Hoffman, David Cross, also in this movie. Um, it's a romantic comedy um that was written and directed by Gillian Robespierre that follows a stand-up comedian um played by Jenny Slate, who has a one night stand uh, drunkenly with a man named Max after breaking up with her boyfriend and then finds out that she's pregnant um and it's like a you know a, co- a comedy like a dramatic comedy i would say with romantic undertones um that's tracing a, a point in a woman's life where she's trying to make a choice about whether or not she wants to keep a child and
1: it's a medical yeah. and it, it's a co- it's a comedian in a relationship and it's also a graduate student on the on the description of
3: this oh, so. yeah. wow great connection there thank yeah. you The next movie I have is The Hollers. Let me look this up real quick. The Hollers, all right. Um, The Hollers stars everything is just an ad for Batman. Yeah. Um, Um, John John Krasinski, Krasinski. who directed the movie. um, It also has the great Margot Martindale, character actress Margot Martindale, um, Richard Jenkins, Anna Kendrick, and it's about um, Margot Martindale and her family. And the journey that they go through when Margot is suffering with cancer, Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, it has like uh, like a a person suffering with possibly terminal illness. Um, The family aspect is all there as well, Um, and yeah, those are the two connections that I made. Charlie Day is in this movie. I forgot about that. Like a lot of really good cast. cast, Yeah, really good cast. Josh Groban, Randall Park, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in this movie. Um, So, yeah, that's a good movie that, like, I think not a lot of people have seen um, that has a connection. Um, Okay, I already said The Lovebirds. This is a weird one, but go with me. (laughs) Memento. Okay. We already done Memento, though. Oh really? Yeah, we did it in season one. one this is actually yeah. the
1: first time. This first time we've ever had a movie suggested uh, that we've really? done from any. Well, from like even I don't even think listeners have written in any. So they're uh, breaking new ground. Breaking uh, new it ground. means we're getting a lot of movies, which is good. What is the connection to Memento, though?
3: So I, this man is suffering from hippocampal damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's dealing with a medical condition as he is in his mind, kind of teaming up with a woman to try to find out who he is so it is a it is a medical drama that also um deals with a struggle for identity and finding your who you are and your purpose and i think that that is very much echoed in the themes of this movie as well Right. Nice. Well, uh, and then the, the final one i have which i hope you all haven't done but you probably have is silver linings playbook nope, nope but it's come up a bunch lately all right so this one is a uh drama with a great cast um I'm sure that you all have seen Silver Linings Playbook. It's got uh, Jennifer Lawrence. You haven't? I have not. It's on Netflix. Um, It's got Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence, directed by David O. Russell, who is an asshole, but this movie is good. Robert Um, De Niro as well. Robert De Niro is in this movie. Jennifer Lawrence and Robert De Niro have an amazing scene in this movie. It's what earned her the Oscar, Um, and it makes me happy. Jackie Weaver, Julia Stiles, Chris Tucker... Like this cast is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's basically uh, about this man named Pat, um, and he has recently gotten out of a mental health facility. He's going home and he um, has gone through a prolific divorce um, or is going through that divorce, and he's hoping to reconcile with his um, his wife um, after you know she he finds out that she's having an affair, which leads to his breakdown. Um, he has all of these like uh, little quirks about him, like he jogs around in uh, a plastic trash bag in order to kind of like uh, lose weight because uh, the medication that he's on for uh, his mental health health issues cause him to put on weight. I just I think that the way that they talk about like they had that conversation between Jennifer Lawrence and. Uh, and Bradley Cooper, where they talk about all of the different medications that they've taken at a a dinner party. And it's just very, it's funny the way that they deal with it, but it's just great to kind of highlight that like that's what mental illness is. And like a lot of people suffer from it, um, myself included. Like I I suffer from like depression and anxiety. I've already talked about my panic attacks, Um, but like, you know, the connections back to um, the big sick are dealing with an illness that isn't physical um, in this case, but is none the less real mm-hmm. and something that you know people should uh, recognize is like a, a actual thing. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to find romance, you know, uh, during a time when you're really struggling in life um, and just trying to get through, um, and really just you know relying on family. And ultimately, um, you know, coming together with each other. Yeah, um, and getting in marriage as well. In both yeah, in marriage. So, Silver Linings Playbook is a really good movie, Fitzy. You should definitely watch it. I think you'd like it.
1: For
3: sure.
1: All right. Is that your list? That's my list. Cool. All right. Thanks, I will get I will get it to mine. I get to go next. Um, so the piano was already taken off my list. That was uh, on mine to visit uh, this one. I will just say we could revisit Eternals. I was not a fan, but Kamala's in Eternals. Um, I would. I feel like his character was done a disservice, and the movie's not not my favorite. But you know, maybe a rewatch of it. It's on Disney Plus now. Maybe a rewatch of it would help me with that. It
0: movie. won't. <laughs> All right,
1: maybe not. Uh, the Next one is top five. So this is movie's been yep. on my watch list forever. Um, I just know it's about comedians, and I know it stars Chris Rock, and um, I think it'd be interesting to visit. Um, I. Okay. The comedy angle of it. I'm sure there's other connections. Yeah. Uh, The next one. Uh, This is like the most obvious one, but Kamil Namajami driving an Uber. Stuber.
2: Yeah. The one with him
1: and Batista. Yeah. Yep. Did not see that I one. I forgot that but
2: movie. That was on my short list.
1: I always think <laughs> of that. I'm like, oh yeah, it's like twin movies. Like, but he's an Uber driver in both. Um, yeah. Lutani, we didn't even get to like the whole Chicago of uh, Oh the big yeah. Sec- like the, you know, when he's driving around Chicago, he's driving. I trying to figure out where by- they were eating. Yeah, well, he's driving a Navy
3: Pier at one point. I did notice that. Um, yeah, so you can't, you can barely drive to Navy Pier. Right. Um. <laughs> yeah. is first. It's the first thing. There are some things that are so unrealistic about this movie. Um, <clears throat> You do have to drive a lot in Chicago. I love how they talk about the Dan Ryan Expressway because yeah. everyone basically lives their life according to how the Dan Ryan Expressway is running. A few times I've driven in Chicago, I've gotten stuck on the Dan Ryan Expressway. That's where you get stuck. That's yep. that's what you do. You get stuck there, and then you go to Lakeshore Drive, and you hope for the best. Yep. Um, yeah, Chicago is is featured prominently. We all we already we did talk about the comedy scene in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, the there's a he's, his brother is wearing a Cubs jersey at one point. Yeah, uh, it's one of the two baseball teams that we have here. The Cubs are the North Side baseball team. The White Sox are the South Side baseball team. I am from the South Side, so oh, when so the, um, yeah when the White Sox won the World Series at one time, I lost it. It was. Mm-hmm. Like a big deal in my house. Well, based
1: on news today, they won't be winning the World Series anytime soon. No,
3: no, Nobody will we're be. never going to win it again. <laughs> it's just horrifying. Uh-oh. All right, uh, next one on
1: my list, Funny People. Uh, another movie about comedians. Oh, yeah. It's got some uh, drama as well as comedy movie in it. That awkward as hell. Yeah, It's also yeah. John Apatow when Apatow produced this. Um, I will go with The Abominable Dr. Phoebus because mm-hmm. uh, that was the movie although maybe we shouldn't because we aren't positive that was the movie but that is a vincent price you know we that released. light of
3: night of the living dead was one of the was, movies. uh or, i will
1: do abominable dr phoebius because of the uh him doing something for his ill wife even if it's not the movie that was featured even though i'm pretty sure it was yeah. um but be careful of the dvd menu if you watch it because it's got spoilers <laughs> um, and i will do one more um and that is eyes of tammy Faye. Uh, Michael Schwalter directed this. We were just talking about this either before the podcast or maybe on the air uh, that it's up for uh, uh, Best Actress, right? Yeah, Uh, it's it's streaming
3: now. Yeah, she's up for Best Actress. She does an amazing job. I don't know if you all know the story of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Oh, I do.
2: As someone who grew up in South Carolina, absolutely. You bet bet
3: your ass. (laughs) I was, I I grew up Baptist, so Mm. um, this was a very big deal in our house when this scandal went down, and like just the amount of makeup that that woman wore and had tattooed on her face was unreal. You will not believe the prosthetics. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's all I will say. Yeah, so. It's a decent oh, movie. It's it is Oscar season. With a
2: great War, so. best actress performance.
1: Yeah. Um, and then I'll leave the rest uh, off of my list,
2: but I have a bunch of honorable mentions. Okay. All
1: right,
2: Brenda. Uh, the first one I want to shout out is the Albert Brooks comedy drama with Meryl Streep where he is in the afterlife and there are stand-up comedians and he's trying to navigate love and comedy, and that's Defending Your Life.
3: Okay. Um,
2: and then, uh, let's see, I want to do... Uh, the Adam Driver is a Bo Burnham-esque stand-up comedian who is trying to navigate his troubling marriage in a net. Should I um, watch that movie? I think you would love it, to be honest. Okay, I, think you really I might would.
3: watch that tonight because I that was, is, I'm looking for something. I think it's on Amazon Prime, I believe. It is.
2: Um, one of my favorite all-time Holly Hunter performances in Raising Arizona. We oh, haven't done a Clone Brothers movie yet this year. Yep. Um, and it would be really funny, fun to revisit it, wait, Raising Arizona. I haven't seen it in forever. Um, and then I want to do one more here. Let's go with the 1990, 1988 stand-up comedy movie Punchline. Mm, and
1: let's
2: also. in that, right? Yep, and let's also go with the Billy Crystal, um, stand-up comedian slash talk show host movie, Mr. Saturday Night. Since, really since he hosted the
1: Oscars multiple times, oh, you
2: know, there's yeah. an Oscars connection.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, Some some of the other ones that I had on my list that I'm not going to mm-hmm. nominate. Broadcast News, Holly Hunter's yep. in that. Yeah. Uh, Raising Arizona, I
3: had uh, Me, Earl and the Dying Girl. It's a story oh, love I had story. that I as there. an honorable mention on my list. That is a really good movie that I think yeah. people should see. Mm-hmm. I, remember yeah. I knew somebody was reading the book,
1: and, and then she was like, yeah, it's going to come out as a movie soon, and then I never saw the movie.
3: Yeah, the cast is great. Yeah. Yeah. earl is hilarious that kid is like a breakout star he was most recently in um the uh the the western with all the black people that was yeah all, oh um, yeah. Uh, the harder they fall yeah that. That. um
1: daniel the line daniel day lewis but you suck so i was looking at daniel day lewis movies i thought about gangs in yeah. new york because of the um, immigrant experience <laughs> with <the American laughs> lewis uh Shot of the dead because of the poster in his room and night of the living dead because they watched that movie in the movie. Nice. So. Uh, Anything right. else on either your list that we didn't make prep?
2: Uh, no, not not worth bringing up. Uh, the X Files movie, obviously, and Bo Burnham's Inside were the other two. All right, so Zach, I'm going to take it from the top here. We have Sweet Land, A Streetcar Named Desire, The Descendants, The Visitor, Eight Mile, While You Were Sleeping, Crash, Click, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, The Big Short. The Piano, The Lovebirds, Palm Springs, Obvious Child, The Hollers, Silver Linings Playbook, Eternals, Top 5, Stuber, Funny People, Dr. Phineas, The Eyes of Taylor Fay, Defending Your Life, Annette, Raising Arizona, Punchline, and Mr. Saturday Night i get to. so go.
1: the rules of this is to recap you could pick any movie besides any of the ones that you suggested okay
2: so there you go but if they were on there your
1: list and somebody else suggested it then that's fine okay
2: done. yep right. and, and Brendan
0: I... goes
1: first then me then you all right go ahead
2: brendan i know i know i gotta i gotta decide here um hmm. i am gonna go with silver linings playbook um i i believe it was also a best screenplay nominee um i know Latanya. um has highly recommended it to here tonight. Um, I'm going to go with Silver Lining's Playbook. Keep the okay. Oscar love going. What do you got, Zach?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with The Piano. Um, it ah. was on my list. It was, uh, I will say, it was part of my playbook uh, for
2: movies <laughs> So they're uh, Or Oscar nom. Uh,
1: I don't know. All I know is that the only other Jane Campion movie I've seen um, is uh, pretty slow. Uh, I don't mm. know if The Piano yeah. is the same the pace. The Piano slow. I've heard great things
2: though. But yeah. is uh, yeah. great. Yep. So both right. feature prominent pianos. Oh nice. Uh,
3: mm-hmm. all right, Tanya, you get to uh round us out. What is the third movie in our final three? I'm gonna go with a streetcar named Desire. Ooh. Nice. That's okay. just uh that's a classic to the bone kind of movie. Um I just think that the performances are timeless, the actors are superstars and we are mm-hmm. all better for having seen it that and was you really can yell stella part. as well right exactly. that's all i know about this movie. is to yell stella yeah i should I, I always be yelling stella.
2: stella yep can't you hear me yell? <laughs> all right so our
1: final three very eclectic final three we have silver linings playbook which is streaming yep. on netflix we have the piano which is on showtime or rentable uh street card named desire which is on hbo max
2: yep all three Oscar nominated and Oscar winning movies. Oh,
1: nice. Okay. Of various
2: Great. Great. Pedigree. Yep. Yeah, this is Pedigree. Um, yeah. Let's, what do you think? I am leaning towards Streetcar or Silver Linings. I was personally. leaning towards
1: the piano. Uh, it's, it's Well, it's because, yeah, that, but also because it's a blind spot for both of us, correct?
2: That's true. It is a blind spot yeah. for me. Mm. Uh, a That's lot a- of
1: people have been rewatching it because a few other podcasts have covered it, it recently with Father the Dog coming out. Um, yep and you know power of the dog gives it uh you know a reason but uh i mean any of the three would be interesting i haven't seen silver Lane's playbook in forever and streetcar named desire i've never seen
3: so you never seen streetcar nope oh do yourself a favor
2: yeah that's all well fun. then let's do it that's fine yeah let's do streetcar named desire it'll be great yes.
3: i have seen I, it. Love um, I love winning i love, it. It. love winning so much you all I have never, no so. idea <laughs> Boom. I love it when I can convince people to vote for me.
1: And uh, another
3: another point for uh, Olin as well. Yep.
1: There um, we go. Boom. So uh, Zoe Kazan's grandfather is the connection. Yeah. Uh, the main connection, but also a uh, female looks to recover from another illness. There is, there is illness
2: death. and a love story. It's just a nice. different kind of illness. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. It's mental illness, and yep. it's oh
1: god. I love. Well, this. maybe Silver Lining Playbook can come up next week then. That's also um, true. Yeah. Yep. It could be like uh, what we did with About Time to Brooklyn, where we did About we Time, cat then we did The Notebook, and then we went back and did Brooklyn. So, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Alright, next week's movie is Streetcar Named Desire from 1951, streaming on HBO Max, starring Vivian Lee, Marlon Brando, Kim Hunter, among others.
3: Vivian More. Lee. She's just so good. Really I, I'm one of the... I'm just going to say this on a podcast. I talked to my to a lot of like Black friends about this. We... Cannot not watch um, Gone with the Wind. I also I called it slavery in a field. Um, I've also never same, seen Gone with the Wind. You've never seen Gone with the Wind? No, I have some, I have some like big a, blind spots. It's a seminal classic. The, what are you the costumes like are fantastic. Vivian Lee is just at the top of her game as a sulky little brat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there there's traces of that in this performance in Streetcar. Mm -hmm. Um, But she really, there's like a sadness about her in in Streetcar that kind of envelops the whole performance. And then when you know more about her, Vivian Lee actually suffered, I believe, from bipolar disorder. She had Mm -hmm. very serious mental illness um, in her life. So being able to portray that, I'm sure, was just very uh, hopefully cathartic for her. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that is very troubling for people, too.
2: Oh, Carl. It is Carl Malden. I, was, I was, wasn't was going to say it without Googling it. and Yeah, fantastic Carl Malden per, uh, performance as well. It's nice. one of my favorite uh, 40s and 50s.
3: Everyone's well, really good in this movie. But,
1: well, uh, I'm comes- excited to, to watch it for the first time. And, Brennan, it's a rewatch for you then? Is
2: it correct? is a rewatch for me, yeah. But yeah. it's been a long time since i watched it.
1: Yeah. Cool. Uh, based on the Tennessee Williams uh, play. Yeah. All right. Uh, play, right? Uh, Tennessee Williams wrote it. I don't yeah,
2: know. it was a play. Okay,
1: wow. I just didn't want to have any. I didn't want to have any factual errors. So sure, I isn't. felt like I was doing pretty well in this podcast up till now. I didn't want to have one this late <laughs> in the game. Uh, all right, uh, real quick, because I gotta get. I gotta get out of here. Um, but the way we always on this podcast is, what is the next thing that you're? What is something you're looking forward to watching in the next week? So, Latanya, what is something you're looking forward to watching?
3: Um, drive time? My Car comes out on mm-hmm. HBO Max tomorrow. Oh, oh yeah, nice. Okay. Does. So I'm uh, happy. I'm excited to see that movie. Yep, that's for Best e- Picture.
1: It's supposed to be yeah, very good.
3: I'm also excited to see the next inst- the final, I think, installment in the Kanye Genius um documentary, mm-hmm. which is a spectacle. Like, I'm not a big fan of Kanye right now. Yep. Um, he's kind of a garbage person at the moment. <laughs> but um you can see so much of like who he becomes and the Chicago, and it's just yeah, it's it's just well done, and the music is good, obviously, because it's just like you know Kanye's older stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing those two things, and then there's a lot of like other like grifter type dramas that are coming out, like the Elizabeth Holmes series is happening on Hulu out, with yeah. Seyfried. Um, there's a lot going on this week that I'm looking forward to. Yep, Batman Severance,
2: Batman. I, you, I am uh, i'm looking at driving my car coda and batman is a fantastic movie watching weekend so. yeah, yeah I'm very
1: much looking forward yeah. to Brendan watching coda because i need to talk yeah. to him about it
2: yeah coda yeah, is
1: great yeah
3: according to some people uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow i liked it i, I just didn't it like was it was fine i can't believe it's nominated for an academy award yes, exactly like that's, that's, that's that how i good. feel about it yep. i'm just like yep. well this is cute <laughs> i guess go ahead apple uh-huh
1: uh, all right, for me, what am I going to watch this week? I, I guess I'll say Severance is what I'm most looking forward yeah. to. That show is just yeah, that show firing. is so good. It, it it speaks as uh, I don't know, the, the cynical. Like nine to five work life stuff in that show just hits me perfectly right now. Yeah, um, yeah,
3: for sure. I just need it in my life. And that,
1: and like the, uh, you know, just like what we were talking about with French Dispatch, just like the way that show looks, is the symmetry in that show and the design yeah. is like very cool. Um, and I know Latanya, this will lead us right into plugs. You were on the Severance podcast
3: last week, is that correct? I was on the Severance podcast last week, and it post was, show recaps on um, post show recaps. Um. I got to talk to Melissa and Dr. Amanda uh, all about, you know, uh, wax figurines, (laughs) which you'll understand if you've seen the show. Uh, And uh, yeah, Yeah, just like uh, whether or not I'd want a melon party. Um, i definitely want a melon The answer is yes i Absolutely. do want a melon
1: party i keep thinking I think when I'm they like... really talk about melon parties that that's uh there's a website that is a similar name to melon party but it's not melon party and yeah, it's not that website oh no
2: zachary <laughs> oh, zachary we're trying to end the podcast right all right good night
1: Anyways, everybody yeah uh, Latina, <laughs> what other what other podcasts are you on
3: uh, I You can yeah, find me also on the Posture Reca- Recaps Oscar podcast. Uh, there's uh, part two will be coming out either today or tomorrow. Um, then you can find me also talking about Pam and Tommy Lee, which is a show that is happening um, <laughs> on Hulu. Um, if you're really into, go- like speaking of the eyes of Tammy Faye, if you're into gossipy things from the 90s, Um, and I am, then you'll be interested in that show and the podcast that we do uh, with Ariel and Brooklyn Zed. Um, And then I have a secret project that I can't talk about. Ooh, secret project. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be working on on Thursday um, that will come out later, like much later. Um, but I'll be happy whenever they announce it, so is that it the movie develop. time capsule. You're like recording a no. podcast about movies, then you're gonna uncover it a year later. The hint is that it has nothing to do with movies or movies at all. Oh, okay, cool. Well, stay tuned. Where can people follow you so they can find out when this
1: your uh, son Kanye thing
3: drops? <laughs> follow me at LK Starks on Twitter. I'm not a fan of nor nor do I endorse Kanye. I, I guess I should have said maybe the <laughs> secret Beyonce drop. Yes, definitely. Little, yes, I, I, Beyonce. It, whenever Beyonce, if you want to come on Beyonce's internet and talk some shit, then you can find me at LK Starks on Twitter. You can find me at Stormborn1222 on Instagram. Um, I need to figure out what my name is on Twitch. Um, but yeah, do you? <laughs> people like Twitch. I, uh, just, I just made a, a Letterbox account, and I now I cannot remember my name. Yeah. Oh <laughs> with, So, uh, well, follow her on Twitter, and she'll tweet it out. And then yeah, any exactly. Letterbox
1: tips, Brendan and I can give you lots of them. There you go. Um, Are you on TikTok? Do you have a TikTok account too? I don't. To
3: I can't. I really don't want to give the Chinese government all of my information.
1: Hmm. Sorry. Good reason. So. Uh, yeah, TikTok just makes me feel old.
3: I just I don't get it.
1: I. I just,
3: <laughs> That's I can watch TikToks for way too long. Like that's another reason that I don't have it. You know, they end up on YouTube, right? Yeah. Um, and so I just scroll through those, and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Like this is an hour of my life. And I, if if, if I die and God says, Latanya, account for your time on March first <laughs> at 8:33 p.m., I'm going to be like, oh, I was eating curry and <laughs> scrolling through TikTok, God. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. Brendan. anything you want to plug before we get out of here?
3: Uh, no,
2: just uh, thanks, little for coming on. This is yes. really awesome. Yes. And uh, you can follow here. me on Twitter at FitzyBrendan. But, uh, yeah, just had a really great time chatting tonight.
1: Yeah, this was an awesome discussion. Yeah. I'm so glad that we were able to get you on again. And, Thank
3: uh, you. can't wait to have
1: you on again. And now we know some movies to call you for, Godfather 2. Yeah. Uh, Lizard of Oz. Lizard of Oz. Call me for
3: any any movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch that's,
1: anything. Yeah, and that's that's the best thing sometimes is calling people for a movie that's like totally outside of like what you like, would normally call the person for. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, watch this like random like
3: horror movie or whatever, and yeah. So I'll I'll watch a random horror movie any time of the day right. or. Well, anything. that's right in your alley. Yeah. 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 Watch this a horror movie. movie or something, so. Yeah, my mom is a western fan, so I Lord, that would be a bit <laughs> for me, but I, I would do it for y'all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, yeah, well, uh, everybody follow Tanya so you can find out about her secret project and uh, watch Streetcar Named Desire on HBO Max. And we will be back next week to talk about it. And, uh, thanks for listening.